Welcome to the latest episode of Platform Podcast. Today's guest is Michael Kraft. And so I stopped chewing, I put it on the other half, I texted my partner and said, hey, are these the right gummies? No, no, they are not. Uh, and then I was like, can I make myself throw up? Because I'm, I'm about to go to space and I was also supposed to go skate. I remember Michael Kraft years ago when he was riding around in shadows with excessively long K2 frames. He used to make videos called The Buddy Tour with Ian Cop. In fact, they still make videos together and um, documenting their Vermont trips, going to San Francisco, things like that. They also had Mike Torres enlisted every once in a while. He would appear in their videos. Most recently, he's probably the most well-known for appearing in the basement video, Zephyr 4.0. I think it's 4.0 one of their park videos, where he just does a load of mind-bending stuff on ledges and weird switch-ups that no one's ever thought of and combos that would just break most people in two. If you watch Jumbo, you'll also be familiar with Michael Craft because he appears in a bunch of those. He'll randomly just show up at the session and start doing the hardest, weirdest, most complicated thing. And it's quite funny that the guys in the video are equally as confused and dumbfounded as the people watching at home. There's also cause for celebration because just recently Michael Kraft got a pro frame with T-neck. It is a beautiful green frame and by the looks of things it goes very well with the basement them skate. It also goes very well with white skates. I've now got a new newfound love for a white skate so could be adding that into my arsenal sometime soon. There's loads to talk about. He comes from El Paso originally, but now lives in Austin, I think. And El Paso is home to one of my favourite bands of all time, At The Drive-In, who later morphed into the Mars Volta. And it's just he's just quite an interesting guy. He makes music on his own that he won't really tell anyone about or share his SoundCloud or anything like that. But yeah, it's out there if you can find it. And he's just got... He's got quite just a refreshing take on everything. If you follow him on social media, he's regularly put enough stuff that's just weird or funny, or I'm pretty sure it was him that came up with a kind of viral meme of the Danny Beer skate by putting beans in it. And he's just had another like few quirky videos on there where he like reviews skates but doesn't really review them. He just kind of does a parody of it. And he just seems like a really funny, interesting guy. Can't wait to find out more about him. Before all that, though, cue the music. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, platform. The platform, platform. Oh, there we go. Yes. We did I'm, it. I'm I'm genuinely shocked that worked so well because I'm using a, a new this is the first time I've done a Zoom call on this laptop and I was like, am I gonna be the one that screws this up this time or is or is the other person? Yeah. We can do a, we can do this a couple times and then cut together all of the best podcasts. That's it. I mean, like it's it's pretty rare for two 
guys to have a podcast. So I'm sure people just eat it up. I mean, how often do you just see two fully grown men talking in a podcast? Almost, almost never. Yeah, the world will come running to hear it. Exactly. I was going to download a um, like a sound effects board and have a bunch of like laughter for every time one of us made a dumb joke. Basically, be it as obnoxious as possible. Okay. But, uh, Olivia talked me out of it. So that's that's a source <laughs> of uh, my partner like freaks out whenever there's canned laughter on TV. She's like, "Why do they have to put that in there? Like, we're not like we're yeah. not stupid. People know when to laugh, and if it's funny, we will. You don't you don't need to assist us. Like, and yet when you watch a skate clip, when you hear people cheering in the background, it gives it an oomph that it didn't have before. So yeah. it you know. It does. It does do something to hear these sort of like primal reactions to it. But yeah, the canned laughter we're all pretty used to. It. Anyway, let's not use any of this for the podcast. That does also raise a point, though, because I've noticed like sometimes when you see a second angle of a skate clip, and the first angle will have cheering in it, and the second angle won't, and you're like, "Oh, you guys stayed there for another half an hour to film that, from the- didn't you?" And it's like no Maybe one cares anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so easy to copy and paste that. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's quite telling. There was a oh, there was something I seen recently, and yeah, the second angle of the same trick just had no cheering in it, and I was like, oh, you guys, you guys definitely stayed there to yeah to get that. Yeah, do people <laughs> ever tell you that um, their parasocial relationship with you as an internet persona um, overshadows your actual existence as a person? Because I'm. I feel a little bit like I'm watching your show right now, even though I'm interacting with you. Okay. So it's, it's a pretty strange, I'm having a strange relationship with your uh, image on my screen right now. Right. Um, I bumped into, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher his second name, Zach Pollock. Zach Pollock? Yeah. Pollock? Pollock? Pollock. Oh, I even asked him how to pronounce his name and I still, I'm quite, because I always go to like Jackson Pollock, but yeah, um, I saw him at Winter Clash and he f- like freaked out when he saw me and he was like, you don't look, he's like, you don't, you don't look like, like I'm used to you looking like how I'm like used to see. And then I started talking to him. He's like, you sound different as well. He's like, I can't handle this. He's like, you don't sound like the, the like idea I have in my head. And it was just, yeah, it was pretty funny. I think I was like wearing a beanie or something. And I was, I'd probably had a few beers as well. And he was just like, you don't like, he's like, this isn't, there's something about this that isn't, isn't matching what I'm used to seeing in the videos. And he's like, yeah, it was, that was pretty funny. Um, I have had that. Audio editing on this? No, but Just then I, I guess there's a difference between like talking into a microphone and talking in like real life. I guess it kind of yeah. it, it obviously also, does something. Also, will change the like the pitch of you know a, a close low mic will get you a nice deeper. That's that's voice. it. When when I'm out in the real world, I've got this really high pitched squeaky Pee Wee Herman voice. What the hell is? What was that? That I've never seen that before. That must be like a new feature of either. Wait, what? Repeat what you just said. Squeaky Pee Wee Herman. Squeaky, Squeaky Pee Wee Herman. Oh no! It's because is it because I raised my thumb? I don't know if you did. Um. So yeah. The first haunted podcast. Um. Or I've just had people at the local skate park, like with skateboards, come up to me and be like, "You're that guy off YouTube," and I'm like, "Why are you watching?" Yeah. Um, I'm one of. One of three guys off YouTube, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's this is it. Um so you now 
now, but now we can just have a show together and we don't have to call it platform anymore. We can call it um, Spectacle Squared. Um, yeah, we'll we'll put that on the maybe t- table. Right. Well, you can come up with a title. I've just, I've, I've, you know, I'm not the ideas guy. You can, you can be the, you can be the creative force behind it. Um, first things first. Congratulations on your new frame. It's now official. It's not the the full batch is out now, isn't it? It's not just because there was like yeah. the small batch at first. And now, yeah, yeah, we had some uh, flown over. Um, I wanted them to kind of come out alongside some of the skate releases that were coming out in November. I thought they paired pretty well with some skates and I thought it'd be cool if people could like buy them at the same time. They're maybe getting their skates. Um, Tactical. I like it. That's, I thought it would be nice. That, that show, that showcases quite a lot more business ingenuity than 99.5% of floor bladers. Oh, well, thank you. Um, And then, yeah, we raided the rest by boat and uh, no, they're all here and they're selling. It's cool. It's so, uh, so I was about to say, so have you bankrupted uh is it Duran Beckmore? Is that his name? Uh Duran, I believe. Duran Beckmore. Have you bankrupted him yet or are they selling well? Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. <laughs> yeah, I as far as I he I haven't got any like threatening text messages or anything yet. So right. um no, I think I think it's doing all right. Um they're moving people tag me in them a lot. It's really cool to see. Okay. What uh I'm curious to know what skate releases you thought it would go with or like you i thought they would pair really well with the the bass them skate and i was right and um they they do the the photos you've been sharing of those i was like whoa i was like i did not realize pink and green would work but there you go there you there's something about the 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 tone or the hue that they just work well together um even though the skates were a little more like salmon than like bubblegum in person i feel like the pink was a little different in the photos I it's quite there's been kind of like a semi backlash to it being like oh them are releasing another disturbing color and I'm like it's quite I would say it's quite understated it's got a kind of pastel oh, pink sure. look to it I would I would say it looks quite modest but yeah compared to like the the blue and white swirlies don't even get me started on your skate collection <laughs> don't let we'll get into that in a minute um oh god it's, it's like a, it's like a little house of horrors um, <laughs> I cleaned it up actually for you so you should have seen it before this. there is no amount of cleaning you can do to, to those <laughs> colors that's going to make me like them more um yeah I also saw I saw it like paired up with white skates as well and I thought it would look good I think it would look good yeah. With like yeah like either white uh 909s or like the standard omni that seems to be about to be coming out really soon that could that could work white and green yeah but I photoshopped all of these on my phone already to see which ones work. And the answer is literally all of them. Right. Okay. Including um, and the new, the new Nils purple. It looks so good with the purple. I don't know what to tell you. It looks great. Right. Also, maybe I can pull it up on my phone. I thought green and purple would have a kind of like Joker vibe to it or something. Or is it, is it Joker? Green and purple. Um, I think the old Joker is. Right. Oh, I didn't, so I don't have that one on me. I think I deleted that one. But then this other one, beautiful. Mm, I don't know that any frame looks good on that skate. But yeah. Well, you hate color. What is your what? What do you? What kind of skates do you ride? I'm a disturbed goth in my heart. In my heart. In my heart, I have a comb over right all the way down here, covering one eye. 
only listen to Jimmy World and I just want to be alone in a corner. Yeah, that's that's it. Run uh, this entire video through an Instagram filter and give you a nice emo swoop for the entirety. There's there's a photo of my girlfriend like sitting next to me with her hair over me, and I'm like, this is this is the look I was meant to have. This yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, I should be here right now. I would really appreciate it if you'd call her over and uh, put her hair over yours. Uh, she's currently tending to her daughter, so that's she's wow. she's incapacitated. I'll try and find the photo though. It's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 incriminating. Let's put it that way. Um, so I'm quite surprised. I'm quite surprised that you went for yeah, such a neutral, easy to love color. Because if you've if anyone who's seen your recent jumbo episode, you claim to hate white skates because of the look down. Yet in your recent skate collection, you've owned the bloody traffic cone orange them skates which are an abomination as far as i'm concerned and then you managed to level up by going for the kind of vomity poo swirly upsetting night after a night out the weekend and them skates collaboration Mm. how is white bad but those colors are acceptable those colors are like how can you not look down at those and get dizzy it it could be that I just haven't skated white skates in so long that it, looking down at them is like just so foreign feeling. And maybe it's a thing I would get used to if I continued to skate them. But a couple of years ago, I bought a pair of the whites and I skated them one time at the skate park and I gave them to Nay because I didn't, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe, I'd get, yeah, maybe I'd get used to it. But um, they're so bright and they're bright in a way that I didn't find them fun to look at. Whereas the orange skates, I love to look down at. And I also think that as like they're eye catching in videos in a way that like I think that a lot of the clips I got in those skates were really like small technical foot focus thing. And it really helped like keep your eyes on the skates. Um, so I thought they were useful in addition to just being a cool color. I like the I like the neon orange color. So, so what you're saying is you're trying to be an influencer, and you thought that this was giving you the this was giving you the unique selling point. This was it, no, because you leaned into it because you were wearing the construction jacket as well. You were wearing the construction vest. That was one clip, and that was sort of a joke. <laughs> I didn't know that clip was going to go viral either. That I didn't plan that. Okay, okay, I, I feel like you. Well, now, now I was. Like I was you don't believe me, but now, now I'm starting to think that everything you do is a plan. You planned the product release times. You planned this with the the orange jacket. You planned the Danny Beer uh, beans in the skate thing. I think you're just a viral. You're either. a viral marketing genius. I think that's what's happening here. Okay, I didn't. I didn't plan the beans. I had. I had that idea. I think a few days before they arrived, and then I did it, and then it took off, and I it ruined my life for several months. Once you get the train going, you're not in charge of, of where it goes. You're just... Uh, I've learned, so I've learned. Yeah. Once you set it off, yeah, that they ran with... The internet ran with that for a while. Oh, my God. Every time someone like put up like a marble... They put up like a marble worktop or a marble like a marble effect, anything, and like tagging Danny Beer in it. And I was like, this is painful. I was like, I can't even imagine what Danny feels like. Just like... I wonder if they think... Thank God, this is getting so much attention. Even if it's like mock, like mocking it, it's still it's great marketing because the yeah. skate the skate is in people's like the forefront of their mind. But then I also wonder if like because I got bored of it really quickly. So I imagine he must have been like, oh, just give it a rest already. Like this is. Are you referring to 
just in general not not just not just the being like just the fact that everyone just latched on to like either the clear skate or the the kind of like marble effect liner shining through it so literally it'd be like they'd be like tagging dogs and like tagging danny beer in it or like tagging like weird sports cars with a marble effect on it and i was like he must just he must wake up every day to like a hundred of these tags and be like this this needs to stop uh I imagine that was the case because I woke up to hundreds of bean tags and like images. I still get them. I'm in a group chat where they still make bean jokes and will like, you know, tag me. I, okay, I'll pull this up. I got this fairly recently and it's in the same folder, which is the only, I saw it on the way to find that other skate. Um, so someone. I've, how have I seen Oh, I've seen it because it's Stuart Kelly. He's in that um, slacks group or whatever it's called yeah um but the, i think the thing is with danny at least he can be like well this means they're going to sell so i'm going to get the payday whereas you literally get zero benefit from it you just get the hassle <laughs> yeah well i got lunch so this is true this is true i didn't eat the beans um yeah but that uh, so you, just wait like, a minute you wasted you wasted food no i did not oh okay i, I mean never- it- anything you either have to use it for sploshing in a sexual act or you have to eat it but you can't waste it that was sploshing what are you talking about <laughs> basically is did you hear this oh i so i never posted the video after it went viral because one i'm embarrassed to even be talking about it still two it feels fresh so because tree tree just had a section where he started the section by doing the bean thing and then doing a front side in a p-rail I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, is that new? Oh, uh, what's it called? Oh, big budget. That's it. Big budget. Yeah, yeah. So um, the beans are alive still. It turns out. Right. Okay. But let's. I'm now embarrassed that we've spent so long talking about it. I would love to uh, cut all of that out, and if not, I would love to um, segue into something else. Right, right. Let's let's segue into the easiest question in this podcast. Well, it's either going to be the easiest question or it's going to be the one that ends it straight away. I know you're originally from El Paso. What is the best musical act to come out of El Paso? And there is a correct and a wrong answer. So think about this very carefully. Um, so based on your reactions to all of my personal preferences, I'm going to assume that you think at the drive-in is the correct answer. I, I, I don't think. <laughs> uh, you know, Choose I love your, them, carefully I love, here, Michael. Choose I love the, them both. I love them both for different reasons. You're going to say Mars Volta, aren't you? That, the first Mars Volta album is perfect. It's okay. so um at the drive-in had a lot of really good songs i I actually never listened to their 2017 release did you oh the no oh what was the 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 one that had like all the world music influences i couldn't do it i i did or was that mars volta one of them released something not too long ago and i'd listened to like half of a track and went can't do this nope 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 nope. so the mars volta released an album last year i think or maybe it was this year but i, th- I thought it, it was like weird that it was a mars volta album if they've had like so many side projects it's weird that they would have called that particular collection of songs the mars volta but really like down tempo kind of like slower rock album uh, but yeah with like a lot of uh latin percussion uh which is like typical of their all of their other side stuff so that wasn't surprising to me but um 
I didn't listen to the At The Drive in 2017 album. I didn't feel like I needed it. And after they reunited and I finally got to like see them live, uh, it was, uh, I felt like I closed the book. I haven't really listened to that band in a long time. It's, it's very rare for a band to reunite and release anything that you're at that captures, especially if it was a band you were into as a teenager or as a young adult, because that music just is so much more affecting to you, especially how like, you know, all these kind of like emotions you're feeling growing up and like insecurities oh, yeah. and you feel like these things like channel into it. like, whereas when you're an adult and especially when you've heard so much music over the decades and then a band that you have this like fond memory of try to come back and you're like, Oh, don't do that. Nope. Nope. Just play the, play the it's old best, stuff. Often best in your memory, yes. which is the same for like many skate videos, lots of TV shows, movies. They're all yep. sort of best. You can access them now, but I don't know if you need to. We I tried showing Olivia the Fresh Prince of Bel Air the other day because okay. she had never seen it before. Which one? She knew all the words to the theme song, but had no visual reference for that television intro, which I had never even considered as a possibility that someone could like have a singular experience with that that wasn't directly connected to the show. And then I showed her the show, and she was like, "He's a she." She kept yelling, "He's a grown man," because she thought he was like nine years old. Because lyrically, he's like, I was at the playground, up to no good or whatever. And she's like, yeah. oh, this is a child. Uh, yeah, well, then, unless, yeah, unless you see the visuals to go with it, it's really easy to come to a different conclusion. Yeah. Um, two, I, what I was going to say, which was also related to skate videos being bad um, in the, in the pa past videos, was uh, I had such a good segue into it and then i decided to go with a fresh prince bit and now here we are blew it i blew it again um I was wait going a minute how, how had she never seen fresh prince of bel-air though very uh she grew up on an island so she didn't have uh a lot of the uh normal tv access that right okay um that other people not on the island did and then also just like a weird sort of uh not weird very sweet but like an unusual family situation. Um, her dad was a marine biologist and uh, like, they just spent a lot of time like studying fish together. So Olivia is really into animals. This, this sounds like something off like a Disney channel TV. Film. I know. And I want to tell you more, she but lived on, if she I lived on an Island, her dad was a marine biologist. Like, is she like, is, is she like the real life Barbie? Like what is like Malibu Barbie? Like what is that? What is happening here? She, she's some she's some version of Malibu Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, there's so many more interesting things about that, but I don't want to reveal too much. And like, but no, I'm I can't. I'm going to change the okay. subject again. I'm going to talk about how bad old skate videos are. Unless you have I, something else. I do. I, I do know where you come from that because there's obviously like a selection of people out there who've got nostalgia for that and like collected the DVDs and the VODs. And actually Jason Adriani messaged me the other week saying, oh, have you seen this old Irish one? Because obviously Ireland's right next to Scotland. And I was like, yes, I have. And like, he's like, oh, I can send you the file if you want. And I was like, no, I'm good. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, like I loved like video grooves and stuff like that growing up. But then when you try to watch them back, you're like, I don't remember the skating being this slow. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, I in my height, in my mind, he was like charging at that. And now you watch it and you're like, everyone's going so because they're all in like anti-rocker and like crappy right. little barons and like, like skates that aren't fit for purpose. Real. Yeah. And I was like, 
this is really slow. Or like they do a switch up and don't slide in the switch up. And you're just like, why do I remember this being entirely different? I can't do it. I can't watch old, I can't watch old skate videos. I, I watched, um, I watched words recently and I was watching the Dustin Latimer part. And I was like, he didn't like, some of these seem just like accidents that he kept in and he didn't do a couple of, he didn't like land the trick a couple of times as a kid. I had no idea, but watching it now, I'm like, Oh, you didn't even do the thing you were trying to do, but you kept it in anyway. Uh, it, it's, it, it feel, it felt like, uh, it felt cheap in a way that I didn't like my nostalgia feeling, you know? Okay. I have a controversial view about Brain Fear Gone that often gets me shouted at when we have uh, discussions with people about this. I don't really understand John Elliott's inclusion in that video and don't overly rate John Elliott as a skater. Whenever he lands a gap, he almost always puts his hand down. Yeah. Like he, does, in, he slaps the ground to the point where if any other skater did that, you'd be like, no, do that again. He also had a very limited trick vocabulary that basically consisted of torque slides and, and sunny days and Macchios. X grinds. Yeah. And X grinds. I get that he was creative and in Wasteland, he like basically rolls a handrail. I was like, that's meant that, like, that's insane. Like, he rolls a square rail that's that, that stuff like that element of his skating, I get, but the actual kind of bare bones, aggressive, traditional, aggressive aspects of it, I'm like, that great at it i would say that i i i can agree yeah i see where you're coming from i would say that he looks cool and that's an important part of it and when i watched that john elliott part i thought he looked really cool he had the button down he was really stylish and that alone was like i if you're selling things if you're selling wheels or whatever you want you want people to want to emulate you, right? You like want to look yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think he had the cool factor, even if he didn't have the like wow factor. But also, yeah, I don't know. It's a different time. Also, yeah. anybody can start a company and include their friends. Like it's yeah. Um. Well, but it, mm, but it was a Shane Coburn and Dustin Latimer company, so I don't really feel like he did get in on the friends card. And if he did, mm. it would probably have been through Brian Shima, but. Like I do understand what you mean, the packaging, 100%, because I remember when Jeff Stockwell just used to skate around in baggy t-shirts and jeans and look like every other skater, I was like, I've got zero interest in you. And then when he changed his entire and basically gave himself this like rock and roll persona image, I was like, yo, like, look, like yes. why have I just noticed how good you are at everything? Yeah. Well, because it he also... Was, he, he was always that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I did. I do think it got a little more refined. The, oh, like, VG like obviously, uh, but yeah. it, it obviously, like he he definitely progressed in his trick and vocabulary and execution. But the fact is, he was always very good on skates. He just looked like every other skater, so there was no reason to really like focus in on him until yeah. that happened. Yeah, then he became like an, an icon. He like basically. It at least was one of the, the people who was responsible for the switch, like the sort of like generalized switch from baggy to tight pants. He, he was a little bit later, but yeah, I would say like, I'd say uh, like forever, like had, forever now and like Micah Yeager, well, Texas, Micah Yeager and like all that kind of wave was very much like leading that charge. But yeah, yeah, definitely. 
feel like Jeff Stockwell got the most like I think he got like furthest with it. I felt like he was a more ubiquitous name than no disrespect to Micah, whose skating I love and whose influence is understated. But um, yeah, I feel like Jeff got the furthest as sort of like, I think he'll be a name that is, uh, I don't know, but Micah will too. I wish that you had uh, given me every question and thought you had to say so I could. Um, you didn't know that none of these really- questions are written down. These are, these are happening yeah, in my brain. So. <laughs> But I wish that they weren't so I could give you thoughtful answers to all of them. Okay. Um, I feel like Micah, and I'm sure he's well aware of this as well, Micah was the fact Jeff just played the game better. Jeff, Jeff, like, he he knew when to be quiet and just do his job, whereas Micah was very, like, much speak his mind, confrontational. Like, I think he, like, quit three brands in the time he was in Bladen because he quit. He was on Razors and he quit them because he wasn't happy. Then he quit Salomon and then he was on USD for a bit. And I feel like he just, he just wasn't willing. He wasn't willing to like dilute himself or compromise himself or, or just be quiet. Essentially. I feel like Micah was like, no, if I'm not happy, I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Which is admirable. And it, it gives him a lot of like credibility, but yes, he will. I feel like it will definitely affect him being remembered as much as those other people. Yeah, Jeff also had Carl Sturgis behind him, who at the time was making the sort of top videos of the the like mid two thousands. They were the ultimate combo, and that was I feel like that was the first rollerblader that had his own like personal filmer. Oh yeah, like the sections they made together, unreal. Yeah, no, yeah, I think of those two as like a combo deal, like that they're interlocked in my mind. Yeah, yeah, um. And it's quite funny that since since that time, you can regularly think of skate like iconic skaters and then attach filmers to them. That like, for example, you've got like the Alex Brosco and Adam Johnson, like think like all those early KFC videos that basically kind of like started his legacy and stuff like that. Yeah. And yep. um, so yeah, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a piece of that. Before we move on talking about your frame, I wanted to ask you about this. So as someone who now has their signature product, what is mm-hmm. your view on people getting pro products or like what criteria do you think, do, do in your head, do you have like a thing where you're like, why is that person getting a pro skate? Or like, I don't think they should get a like pro wheel or that, like, do you ever like think like that? Or are you just like, no, that's great. That's cool. Like happy for them. I I don't have an easy answer for that because I do see several sides of it, which are like. I don't like easy answers, so that's good. I don't I don't want. Yeah, an easy I mean, answer. I don't I don't think it is. I don't think there is an easy answer to it because there's a sort of. And there's an aspect of it that I don't even want to talk about because talking about it sort of infringes on some of the other aspects or, um, hmm. My, my conflict that lie used to lie with it was I was, I was always, because we grew up in the nineties and you had like roar blading icons, you had like iconic pros who made this kind of mysterious, because you didn't know them that well, there wasn't social media, your only interaction with them was when they appeared in the front covers of magazines or they appeared in like huge videos. And it felt like their name sold. So 
for the longest time, I was like, well, why is that person? They're not like, they're not, that name's not going to sell a product. Like they're not marketable. But now in recent years, I'm of the opinion that the product will kind of sell itself anyway. And that maybe there's just an element of the company wanting to support that rider and that it doesn't really matter what name is on the skate as long as it's a skate that is appealing to people or a frame or a wheel or whatever. Because I've had this debate with people before, like, oh, we should be given more women products. And they're like, why? Women don't sell. And I'm like, yeah, but if the product's good enough, it's going to sell anyway. So why shouldn't that money have, why shouldn't that product have a woman's name on it? The money go to a woman and have okay. more representation in the sport and other women see it and go, oh, it's actually possible to get something. I'm going to yeah. pursue this. Because if you know if it's a white skater a gray skater a black skater it's going to sell anyway why not just shove a woman's name on there and see what happens and you know it might, it, like it might develop into something as opposed to keep giving these same people like pro products no, over and over and it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't do anything yeah so i had a there was a contest in dallas um a few weeks ago the carriers open and never never I, heard of it is that is that like a new comp is that like a little local amateur thing just a few guys a few guys showed up right no one no one international no one yeah no one not no some one of the best world showing up no um <laughs> it was um yeah small little thing just a couple of people but um yeah the, so people were like so I, I brought my frame and i put it on the jumbo table just to sort of like i think it looks really good in the sun and it, I think it looks better in person than it does in photos. It's hard to capture the sort of details of the, of the pour um, and the, like sort of the swirling colors in it that it's just hard to do justice by photo. So I brought a frame with me, just left it on the table. Um, and then several people were like, so are you a pro skater? And then there were like, there were beginners there and like people who were like, you know, well, it's my first time at a contest. And I had to answer if I was a like pro skater or not, to which my answer is no, I don't think of myself as a pro skater. I don't think that I am in a sort of like the, the question itself, it like makes me feel fraudulent even having to answer that because I feel so strongly that I'm not a pro skater, but um, I am making a royalty off my frame. I am making money technically. But I think we would all agree, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is not to specifically talk about myself, but the sort of like general agreement on what a pro skater is, even though like most pro skaters, I think are probably, you know, I can make, think of a handful who are maybe making like a real, like that's their only job. Um, and sorry, I'm all over the place today. Um I mean, this this yeah, is the yeah. point. I'm I'm trying to challenge you. I don't want the answers to come easy to you. No, no, no. no. But uh, the, my problem is my brain is several is always going in several directions at once because um, I'm not a medicated ADHD person. Um, so I I'm just fighting my own several monologues that are all grabbing different directions. Um, I don't think of myself as a pro skater. But I do have a product now. That does that make me pro? I don't think so. Um, I'm making money, so technically, yes, I am like earning some royalties from the frame. Thank you, Duran, the New Everything Company. Um, but 
in the it in these conversations because people were like you absolutely are you have you have like hard goods with your name on them or whatever that's so there's a sort of social understanding of what a pro skater is right like i think we would all agree that like i don't um hmm there's so many ways to talk about this i'm so sorry that this is it's, uh, it's because there are like you're you're on the stance where you're like just because i've got my name on a product doesn't make me pro but i guarantee you there are people out there who've literally just had a wheel for some some no-name company or a frame for some like minor manufacturer and and i guarantee they're also going around going oh pro skater yeah i i, I feel like there's a there's a sort of like unspoken like Mm. there's like a qualitative aspect to like there's like a skill level involved there's like a i'm sure we could break this down by graph but like i i'm not a like traditionally i'm not skating drop rails and almost never skating handicap rails i'll skate a down rail every once in a while that's not what i love to do um and i feel like historically people who are pro skaters have like proven themselves on all those on sort of wide, wide array of terrains. Yeah. Um, and I, I have not made the effort to do so. And I, I would say most rollerbladers have not heard of me. Uh, that's, I, have, I feel like there's a sort of like social, like capital aspect to being a pro skater, like where everyone's sort of like, Oh, definitely. That person is a pro skater. Um, whereas like you could start, you could start like a skate company tomorrow and you could put your friend like Dave on and Dave could be a pro skater, but would he, would he be a pro? I think that there's a sort of like 11 hope. If you guys are listening, if you guys are, (laughs) um, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Cause there's like a tier list, isn't there? There's like a, there's people that you're like, wow, you're kind of pro in every sense of the word. Like if you show up at competition, yeah you're you're gonna be in the final or the top three or the top five or whatever like if your name appears next to a video or an edit people are going to watch it because they're going to want to see you like your name has like clout or like whatever yeah um and then it's kind of like internationally recognized that there's certain pros who are considered here and then there's certain pros who are considered like your worker bee pros or like your kind of working class pros that like aren't aren't quite as influential but are equal are still very impressive to watch on skates yeah, yeah. but just don't have say maybe the inf- like no one's mimicking their tricks or their clothing style or whatever whereas up here like these people are literally getting copycatted left right and center mm-hmm. but you fall into that category to a certain respect because you could say like Colin Martin is not a pro skater but how many people rip off his his moves or like take inspiration from his moves you're not a pro skater, but how how much influence is? I don't even know what we would call this. Grinding the crevice, grinding the cre- like all these kind of stuff. Like how many people are doing that now? No one was doing that before. Mm-hmm. There were there were isolated <laughs> examples. There were isolated examples of people doing it, but it wasn't a. It was never. It never gained any momentum. Now sure. it has momentum. That's because of you. Yeah, but that just because you have like an idea or you were like sort of doing something loudly or like the right person put it on a pedestal, you get some attention for it. But that doesn't anyone can throw an idea out there, right? Like I 
I have lots of ideas. They're not all good. And sometimes they stick and sometimes they don't, but yeah. If the question is, if you are like, are you a pro skater? Cause you make a dent. No, I don't think so. Colin's not a pro skater, but Colin's incredible. And Colin is doing stuff that literally no one else can do. I'm certain I've seen him do it in person and it is jaw dropping. I Colin. Yeah. Is he pro? No, but he's, he's, uh, he's like a total outlier and like gift to rollerblading. I would agree. Where, where is your mind gone to now in this though that's that's the that's the interesting well, thing in west philadelphia where i was born and raised yeah. the playground is actually where i spend most of my days just grinding ch- the crap of the- just chilling um, out max um but also there, there are ideas that i feel like you've only just started to explore or you've only just started to kind of showcase that i'm like i don't see anyone else doing that and i I don't even know if that can catch on because I feel like it's such a difficult thing to execute. There was an episode of Jumbo where you just heel rolled round like the crease of a curved ledge and you could tell that you were just kind of figuring it out and like didn't really land one that you were happy with, but it was still like, whoa. And then I'm sure in another episode of Jumbo, I seen you heel roll down the corner of a set of steps. Like it was mm-hmm. a, where the, the set of steps met the ledge and I was like... I can't even heel roll yet consider basically doing what is the equivalent to like a heel roll kind of slide grind thing in the corner of a set of stairs down a ledge. I'm going to have to show the clip along with it to go with this because it doesn't, I can't, there's no way to explain it in a way that allows people to visualize it. Um, and we just don't remember doing that. So I hope that I, I it sounds cool. There was like a stair, there was, um, oh God, it was, it was like a few episodes back and they were all like sessioning, like a kind of a really, really short down ledge. And instead of skating the down ledge, you just like, I don't even know if it was hero or like one, basically you just shoved your foot in the corner where the ledge met the set of steps and rolled down it on one foot. But it either looked like a hero. I can't even remember. But I was just just like, who, who comes up with that? Who like, I would not look at that and think that's an option well it turns out that um once you like have sort of additional concepts you can map them onto the same terrain and skate the same object in new ways as long as you're willing to like you know as long as long as you have the, the concepts to apply to it i don't know it, it i i feel like anyone could come up with those moves okay well i mean we talked about like the clout earlier, like other people like recognizing these things and having appreciation for them. It, it, I feel like it does have more influence than you're willing to accept because like the Kelsos wanted you in, in Zephyr 4, which like they don't, they don't really invite many people into their circle to like appear in their videos. They're very selective. Like they've got like Brosco, Pat Ritter. They've had Harry Abel in the past that they got over from England, but like the, who they choose is is a very small amount of people. And my only disappointment about that was it, it looked like you just filmed it on your own in Texas and sent it to them instead of actually being there with them and doing it with them on on their terrain. I would have loved to have seen you like go back to back with them on like environments. Yeah. That would have been I'd interesting. Just sit and watch them the entire time. Um so how like how did that come about? 
uh sean just dm me and asked if i could uh submit some clips for a video and i said absolutely and it rained all that week so um i did not even get like a filmer to come out because no one wanted to film me in the rain right why would they yeah but i was i'm not blowing this opportunity to like be in this video so i brought phone i had a two two phones at some point and i set them up and i would you know sweep the water away and try to skate some ledges and uh, i spent i had a very stressful few days trying to get clips whenever there was like a break in the rain it was terrible timing to go get clips for uh so it was amazing to receive that opportunity and then really uh like I, like monkey's paw like oh you can get clips of this video in a hurricane go ahead um that so was wait fun. a minute how much how how little notice did they were like hey we're releasing the video on the 29th can you just give us some footage and you're like it's happening again what is happening um that's maybe it's like saying the audio levels oh, i don't know I, i'm I, I don't really do well with tech why am i running a podcast I, yeah um honestly we could restart this whole thing and i would be fine with it i've not no. like Answer I've given absolutely not um oh, and so many people thing. don't and that's fine um like how much notice did they give you where they're like oh it's coming out on the 29th it's only the 21st um can you just get us a, a folder of footage and you're like where's the where's the notice guys uh yeah i mean i can't speak to that it, it was sean's video i was just grateful to be asked at all so uh he i think he was like I think he seemed a little surprised. I was like, oh, absolutely. I'll send you some clips this weekend. Um, but I had like a pretty free schedule that week. So it, it worked out. Right. Well, it worked out as best as it could. I did the best that I could with what I had. Was there was there ever any, any discussion like afterwards about you guys actually meeting up somewhere to fit? Because I feel like if you went to their parks, because they've obviously got good concrete parks there as well, like either with the wizard skating or your take on aggressive skating, that's, I feel like you guys could come up with gold. Uh, I mean, that sounds fun. I would, you know, I, someday I'll, I'm sure I'll be in Philadelphia and I would, I'll definitely hit them both up. I'd love to. Is that but, your way of saying he went, thanks for the clips and then just never contacted you again? No, no. Uh, I, I, I'm just like trying to, <laughs> feels uh weird to be like talking about dms like private dms in okay. public um I, like if you guys were sexting each other that's fine like wh whatever you like what to do in your private that's fine there's nothing there's nothing to be ashamed of it's just that's yeah no I, no they're they both are, are like great dudes and uh i would love to skate with them in person someday when i'm up in that area since you're uncomfortable talking about DMs, what other like uh I'm curious to know that what other like I feel like I feel like you're a skater that like pro like like a pro skater's skater kind of thing, like one that just pro I feel like there's gotta be other people who've reached out and been like, holy shit, I'm really impressed by what you do. And I feel like there's gotta be like big names who have reached out and went, I'm really impressed with what you do. Are you asking me to name drop? Yes. Uh, I, I don't want to do that. I, I mean, I told you I was going to ask you questions that make you uncomfortable. What can I say? Um, I 
So, but you're but what people. You, people have said some nice things to me. Uh, enough people who's skating, and I, I respect that it feels very good. Okay, but what you are admitting is that there has been pros that have contacted you. So that's all I needed to know. You've just you've confirmed what I already I already thought. So it's fine. You don't need to name them. Some people have that. I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. This is so embarrassing for me. I hate this. Yes. Yes, then I'm doing my job. Um, um, also, so like you and Mike Torres go back quite a while because I know that you and Ian Cop used to make, well, you don't didn't used to make, you still make the like buddy tour videos. You've done like the SF one, you do like Vermont trip ones and stuff like that. And I know Mike Torres has been on them before. I was actually quizzing Mike Torres not too long ago. I was like, you guys have known each other for years. Why have you guys not worked on a project together? I'm like, Michael Craft's never appeared in any of your stuff, like ever. Even Ian's appeared in some of Mike's videos from the past, like uh, nights and weekends and stuff like that, or one for the road. He appeared, he had like clips in one of them. Yeah, he's made a lot of videos. One of those. Uh, I think I'll have a clip in the new Bodega video. Okay. I was I was in New York for a day. We went and got a clip. But are you asking? I am asking why, because even he's been, uh, he's obviously been to Texas to visit you because you guys have got like wizard skating footage together. I know that you've stayed at his house before when he lived in Florida, somewhere. South Carolina, South Carolina, you know, one of those places. I don't know. Um, I think you know any of the US states at all, honestly. I used to spend summers in Omaha, Nebraska. Thank you very much. Don't ask. Okay. Um, I, we have I had, I had family there. My um, uncle worked on an airbase. We used to go and like visit his family there. They had family in Michigan. I've I've been to a weird, like a strange amount of places in the US over the years. But yeah, you skate that long, that famous long rail in Omaha. No, it was it was pre rollerblading. I was in primary school at the time, but oh. I, I have been to the skate park from Hoax Four, the one in New York in Riverside. Um. Okay. The guy like, does a front flip and like basically lands in his face. And I went to the skate park and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then within five minutes of being there, I split a handrail and my feet didn't touch the ground. And my father, who's like really, really religious, was like, no, just take the skates off. Like, we're done here. Like, that was, and I was like, whoa, we just paid to get in. I'm not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> no, I proceeded to kill myself. I, I, thought you were gonna, I thought you were definitely going to say he like prayed for you in the moment or something. No, no, he was just like, he was like, why would you do this to yourself? He's like, you're just punishing your body and i was like, yeah but it's fun that is a real part of it it is i'm like i was skating a p-rail two days ago and my shoulder has not recovered yet <laughs> just didn't i didn't do arm circles before i jumped on the rail and it completely uh ruined my week so that's cool i love being in my mid-30s and um, i'm i've turned 40 this year so yes i'm i'm well aware of the shortcomings of growing older and yeah, you you 100% swerved that question about Mike and I know Mike's going to end up watching this. So let's, let's come up with a diplomatic response that doesn't, you know, upset him. The question is why haven't we, we worked on anything together? I mean, yeah. even with the wizard stuff, I, I'm surprised that they've not kind of like, because obviously you're, you were like one of the early adopters of it. And I remember you getting a set of them not too long after like they even started making wizard frames. So I'm kind of surprised that you've not like popped up in any of that stuff either. Uh, I mean, it's probably just distance. I don't know. Whenever Mike and I are like on trips together, he's usually like the buddy tours. He's like, I'm on vacation. I'm not filming. I'm not, I'm just skating. You can, you know, uh, he's like, 
because he does camera for he does camera stuff for work. He does it for his own projects. He's doing it for paid skating projects. He does it a lot. I'm not trying to like, hey, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to make him do more work specifically to focus on me. Um, but yeah, I I have a ton of. Uh, do I have a ton of mic footage? I'm I'm finally working on Buddy Ten, so um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ian's meme assault he's been hitting me with weekly. He's been making memes about me not finishing this video for like four years, and I'm finally working on it now. So <laughs> I am not, but a lot of Mike Torres footage sounds sounds promising. He is well, a lot is like it's footage from like 2014, and then various trips over the years. So it's all like absolutely dated uh even like cutting my own stuff i'm like this was like novel at the time but now it already is like passe so he's he's going to be on rollerblades then so you're going to get him into trouble with the boss that's yeah that's that's the goal <laughs> um yeah mike, mike what make way dropping all this new footage on rbs what's that what's what's this all about yeah he'll his really long hair too i'm sure everyone will know it's recent um no, the the video is also going to be framed in a way that it's like retrospective. It's going to be like, these are all our skate trips over time, and this is like these are these are these fun fun events that we got to like create and experience together. Why does it take you so long to put this stuff out if you're not like trying to like, uh, film more footage for it or editing like... sucks? Because what sucks? <laughs> video editing. Okay, I mean, yeah. What, what happened was I used to really love making videos. And it was like a fun creative outlet for me. And then I started regularly making music, which is immediately satisfying. So every time I am like, oh, I want to go do something. Do I want to like tediously cut and recut and recut and then like add effects and then color correct and then do the audio editing and put it all together and go, is this good enough? What will strangers think about this? If I was a stranger, how would I experience this for the first time? At what point would I turn it off if I were watching this? Then I, I just want to close the thing and go play music, which is just like fun to go bloop bloop. Yeah. So it's it's I've lost the the fire for video editing. Um, and now there's like a ton of pressure for it to be like, I didn't finish a video in four years. What took so long? And then if I put it out now, it's like, oh, it's not even very good. So what well, I'm, you know, it's a lot of a lot of build up for a thing that could it makes it harder to work on. Um you know okay but you're a nightmare with music as well because you keep that to yourself too yeah yeah that's true <laughs> that's like, true I'm, I'm not seeing i'm not seeing any soundcloud or links on your or Bandcamp links on any of your social media profiles you're you're just being, I'm, I'm you're not, being stingy with music as well yeah i mean i do put it online i just put it online under a name that's uh impossible to trace to me and i don't show it to anybody but it does right. get me health insurance so <laughs> That's the most important thing. <laughs> you're, not, you're not seeing any issues with us. Okay. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so of like any, like of any people who make videos, I find this very surprising that no one who actually makes videos or film sections has approached you, especially given recently, like with the kind of notoriety that you've got for your skating or appearing in the basement stuff, or like we'll get onto the jumbo stuff in a minute. Like no one's contacted you and go and went, I want to film a section with you. Like how, like how can we make this work? 
Yeah, well, so it turns out, as if it wasn't like devastatingly apparent from this episode of your podcast, I'm very self-conscious. And that makes it extremely hard to film with other people. With all all of my clips are like shoe cam because it's there's no pressure. Like it's only me and I'm only wasting my time. But as soon as like like Ant's been filming me and it's been like a nightmare for me, like mentally to be like, oh my God, this, I have this guy like on the ground. He's crouching. He's been crouching for like 20 minutes waiting for me to get this fucking trick. That sucks. And it's like, uh, it's a, it sucks to have that much pressure and then to feel like I'm wasting people's time. And then I'm like, I'm so grateful that they're filming me at all. And then what I'm doing is just like making them work and there's no payoff for them working. Like it just, it it's hard for me to actually film with people. I have a hard time doing it. There's like a select few people who I who are like, hey, I'm having fun. Who like will emotionally like give me the the reassurance I need to be like, okay, I'm not wasting your time. We're both in this together. You're having fun. I'm having fun. This is this. We'll get this. We'll get this together. Um, and you know, I I think I'm slowly getting over it just through exposure because we've been out filming Jumbo and filming um, for some projects, just every weekend. So I, I am getting better with it. Um, but I still have a hard time like straight up just filming with people. So were I had to go to New York or somewhere and film with some people, I would be like, all right, we have a week. We have a week to do this thing. We have to, we have to, oh God, how to oh God, I'm like a week. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of me feeling like I'm just wasting people's time. So it's, it's hard for me to actually, uh, portray my skating in the way that I would love to. Um, it, it just takes longer than I, than I think anyone wants, but I'm doing it with other okay. people. I'm going to call bullshit on a couple of elements of that. No one really has fun filming clips. Like no one, like sure. every, everyone sure. loves, everyone loves rollerblading. But when the, when the camera, when the record button no. gets pressed, fun, fun, the fun element of it rapidly decreases at quite a, quite a pace. Yeah. You're right, but I will say that to really like nail a clip, to like film it and get it exactly the way you pictured it is like pretty satisfying um, in a way that, you know. Satisfying is correct. Fun is not. It's it's laborious. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair take, um, which makes my point even stronger. But and just, clearly a like mental patient because he's been making rollerblading videos for decades. So clearly he does not mind the the mental torture that comes with sitting for hours watching someone just go through the absolute mental agony of trying to land a trick the way they have it pictured in their head. Yeah, it uh, and God bless him for that. That's it's uh, that's that's really uh, a special quality in a person that I'm not sure that I have. And I'm very empathetic. I don't think empathy comes into it. Ant's not that empathetic. We we have regular discussions about video input, output, including my own, which he like took quite a fine tooth comb through recently and slagged off. And I, I agreed with every point he made, but the, the point still stands. He was He did not hold back. <laughs> I mean, I respect that as well. <laughs> There, yeah. yeah, there's a little of that happening. And probably it's probably for the best that there's very little of that happening now. It used to be like on the message boards when you could be more anonymous. It was like people were pretty ruthless. We're all younger then too. But now everyone's like names attached to their... I like that though. I feel like if, you, if you're if you going to have 
if you want to have the strong opinions and put yourself out there and really like lay into someone and curse them out, I think the very least you should do is be able to show your your name and face and not hide oh, behind either a meme account or like some stupid little avatar thing. At least be like, I've had people come up to me and be like, you shat all over like that thing that I made. You said it wasn't, you didn't like it. And I'm like, I didn't. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't offensive. I didn't, I didn't, I was like, you you interpret it that way. I'm I'm allowed as a consumer, if I pay for something and I don't enjoy it, I'm allowed to speak poorly of it. If you go to a restaurant and someone hands you a piece of shit that doesn't taste nice, you have a right. The waiter goes, "Did you enjoy your food?" No, I did not. Yeah, I would never do it. <laughs> this is the thing. As a if if you buy, especially in the VOD era, when someone released a VOD, if you paid money for it and you're like, "Well, now I feel short. I paid money for this, and this sucked." Like, no, I don't. I'm not like. <laughs> and someone, what did you think of that? I didn't like it. I, I wish I hadn't spent five dollars on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there's a difference between like doing that with your friends and then like doing it to like, you know, several thousand people or whatever that like becomes like a, an opinion versus like a, a statement with more consequence. Like, I don't know. There's, there's like a pedestal involved sometimes or with you, you have like a pretty big following. I don't know how many people, but you have, you have a decent following. Okay. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be generous. We'll call it decent. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm assuming it, I'm assuming it's decent. It's um, not. Um. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah, then and piss all over everybody's stuff. I don't care. I, yeah, I, I think it is. It's just becoming more and more frequent that people send me stuff and go, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "You don't want me to tell you what I think. You want me to tell you it's good." Sure. Like you don't send me something, then I go, "Oh, actually, I wasn't really fond of this music. Didn't really think this fit. Like I thought, you, you know, you should have redone that, or that was a little dark." That see, if I started doing, they'd be like, "Oh." Well, this isn't what I hoped for. Like they just want they just want you to go, that's great. Well done. Like you're amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I it's I don't know. Do you have an do you have an obligation to be honest with them? Or can you just say, I mean, I don't know. It's just like a it's hmm. The thing that catches me out the most is someone sends me a link going, check this out, not realizing that, of course, I already know about it. And more often than not, I have seen it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like, if you don't think I'm that on the ball that I know about these like things coming out, that that's kind of weird. Because especially if you follow me and know that that's like the whole kind of point of what I create to then go, oh, maybe you haven't seen this yet. And you're like, of course I have. And, Do you, and I didn't say anything about it like that. That should tell you what you need to know. <laughs> Do you like go out of your way to watch everything now as, as, as a part I don't, of this? I don't project? go out of my way. I'm just like obsessive about it. Like as soon as I see like something, even if it's got scares in it, I've never heard of. I'm like, oh, that I've not seen that. I, I want to watch it. Like I am like, yeah, I'm an obsessive consumer. Definitely. I find that interesting because I don't feel that way anymore. We were talking about how, um, old skate videos are pretty like lackluster and often bad if you watch them now by current standards um and how sometimes the things are best left in nostalgia and best left in your memory i i almost never watch a video twice now but i find myself nostalgic and somewhat like longing for a video that like really made me feel the like the oomph the like the all-consuming fervor that like 
uh, a new video would give me. And it happened because you would get like one or two like really amazing videos a year. And so you just watch them over and over. And that was your only access to skating and to those people. And now it's like, I can't, I couldn't, I see skating so much that I just don't even process it sometimes anymore. There is that element of it as well. So while I do watch everything, there's very little that has a meaningful impact. There's very little that, there's definitely stuff that I'll watch, like the recent Muzzle video, I watched that a bunch of times because knew the people in it, like, like have a, quite a good friendship with one of the people in it and was like, oh my God, this is like the best footage I've ever seen of you. And like, just kind of kept watching. There was that element of it and the fact that I just liked the way it was pieced together. But I do know what you mean. I'm probably consuming more rollerblade media than I ever have, but there's very little of it that I would say profoundly impacts me. Yeah. And I, I think it probably won't ever again, like to it'll, the same extent that we experience as teenagers. I think that one, our, we just have different brains now. Uh, and two, our, like, ex our relationship to media has changed. The media itself has changed. Our, our, the, the medium through which we watch it has changed and our access to it has changed. And I'm like, I understand those things. Like I can intellectually understand them. And then I also am like, God, I wish there was like a good skate video, <laughs> which is just like, I see great skating all the time, but I'm like nothing. I wish something would like really make me obsess in a way that I used to as a kid. And I, that might just be like a general, like common nostalgia, like longing for childhood that I'm experiencing. But yeah. I, I do wish that I could, could like be wowed in the same way um by escape video i did watch uh the mesmer rising the first mesmer video that came out yeah unbelievable instant yeah. classic it's so good and i had forgotten nearly every trick in it because i haven't watched it since it came out um uh, that was really good and i was like this would have been like one of the ones that i watched over and over again like i would have watched this every day after school if that had been my life if like that was the only thing in my life was just like skating in school or whatever but yeah, uh, they, all of they, they also very cleverly pulled on the heartstrings, though, because they used relatively nostalgic music to make you also hark back to that time. Like they're throwing in like Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like that, which is from like the era that a lot of people grew up sure. or started rollerblading, like in the mid 90s, the late 90s, when all that stuff was kind of kicking up. So they're shoving and they're still doing it now, like putting in like a Nirvana track or like a. <clears throat> But like what, what was the other stuff they used in the recent one like sonic youth and stuff like that they're very i feel like they're very clever like putting like quite quite a interesting time period of music into their stuff because they could use they could have used rock or metal or stone or metal from any they sure. used, but they're they're quite like it seems mm -hmm. like intentionally using that that exact era of it i didn't even catch that that's interesting but i never was really into that kind of music as a teenager. So like Smashing Pumpkins was, I only knew the song that Brian Sheema skated to, and that was the extent of my- You're also a decade younger than me. So there's, 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 sure. there's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that element of it as well, yeah. Um, like those guys are very much a lot closer to my age, so. Yeah, that's that's fair. I didn't, I didn't think about that as a, but you know, two years ago, someone would say, hey, the 90s are back. But I feel like that's already come and gone again. <laughs> so I have no idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, me, like the mesmerizing video is one of like the only videos you can think of in recent years that you were like, "Wow, that actually like that that kind of stayed with me." Well, I guess what I was saying was my point was that it didn't stay with me, even though it was really, really good. Like Bellino's clips in it are like unbelievable. The, some of the skating there is timeless and like sort of new school and creative and clever and like a great mix of big and small tricks of like amplitude and precision. It's, it's really good. Um, but again, if you ask me some of my favorite tricks in it, I, I, will probably struggle to think of some but that I, I wouldn't say that necessarily reflects your enjoyment of it just the fact that it's not like it's not like when you obsessively watched a rollerblade in vhs or dvd whatever like year you were in like because you might not have had a choice until the next release came out because you know there weren't the daily internet like things right. coming up but i feel like just because you can't point pinpoint specific tricks it doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't enjoy it as much it just means that your brain's processing in a different way as opposed to like watching a video over and over, like, you know, like loading it up on your TV kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, we're sort of circling around this point or this, I think this is maybe a more generalized phenomenon just because we live in a world now that is, you know, the 24 hour news cycle, like things just never stop. There's yeah. not, was that at, at 10 or whatever? There's just like everything all the time. And I miss having breaks, just generally miss having breaks. But like, even in skating, there was like, this is the video. These are the tricks everyone's doing. This is what we're all going to do for the next year or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. We were all going to do spin tricks or something. We were all going to do a 540 kind grind. That, that was the thing. Um, and it's just like, people will do stuff now. And uh, I don't know, my, I, it, this could just be also my personal like addiction to social media, which is severe and, and unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I wish there were like more sort of like defining events or like things to look forward to. Because I just feel like it, rollerblading has been like floating through Instagram for a number of years. And it's just like clip, 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 clip. And it's just like a barrage of of tricks. And none of them are like, none of them feel meaningful, you know, but that's also my problem. I, no, I, I do think that is quite a kind of general consensus that it does dilute it down when you see it all the time. I think of like the Spotify effect on music. Like I have a Spotify account and have the app on my phone, but I find myself just listening to the same few albums all the time. And they're most of them aren't new. They're they're albums from they're albums from my teenage years or albums that I was like, God, this is so deep. And then you listen to the lyrics now and you're like, wow, this is really moronic. But like, it's that you still have that emotional attachment to it that you're like, you're like, wow, he just rhymed. I don't know, like something like just these ridiculous, like two lines in a song together. But you're like, at the time when I was a kid, you were like, I was screaming along to that at the top of my lungs and felt every word of it. And I try, you try to get into new music and I do and like, I'll enjoy it. But I was still like, as much as I like like a new band or artist or whatever, I still like revert back to the music from like 20 years ago that oh, I yeah. loved in secondary school, high school or whatever. Cause I'm like, that's, there's just, there's, there's something that that touches in me that nothing now can, it, nothing now just has the ability to. Yeah. I think that's the exact phenomenon I'm describing. I think it parallels exactly in rollerblading and skate videos. I, I mean, I'm the same way. I find myself becoming 
a little more like um reluctant i like actively have to make i seek i actively seek out new music to listen to because i never want to get stuck like listening to that although my spotify wrapped uh was a nice reminder that that in fact was not the case but um i do i am like fairly active about listening to new music because i don't i don't want to get stuck and i don't want to be like nah this this brief window of music when I was a teenager was actually the best window for music. Um, Cause I know that's not true. Uh, although I do feel like it's true. I know it's not true. Um, so I have to, I don't know. I, I'm trying not to get old and I'm trying not to be like, I don't want to be in the same sort of like mental or emotional state, but I do agree with you that things won't hit emotionally like they did when you were that age anymore. And that, I think that, that is what I'm sad about. I would, I sort of wish that I could like feel hear an album and be like, yes, this is consuming me. I don't, I don't get that anymore. And now my interest is sort of technical. When I listen to music, I'm like, Oh, how do they produce this? How do they record this? Oh yeah. I can, I can, sometimes I can hear those settings on the reverb or whatever in a way that uh, it enriches my experience of music, but also, um, sort of a, I guess hmm, the idea that it's superior somehow to be like completely emotionally invested in, in something is probably obviously false but I'm getting a different experience out of skating now and out of music now and out of media now um than I did as a child, obviously we all are, but I do often find myself longing for that sort of deep emotional experience, even though I have like a sort of richer, more technical appreciation for things now. Yeah. I've said that in four different ways already. It, it, like that is true. It's like, as, as you get older, it's kind of difficult, especially, I also don't think you've got the emotional maturity to kind of comprehend these things as well. So that's, I think that's a lot to do with it, being like quite emotionally immature that these things have like such profound, or like, I remember seeing things and being like, that looks dangerous. So that appeals to me, not like in a like physically dangerous way, like as in like the ideas were dangerous that really liked me. I was like, that was provocative or like that, like that, like that's getting a reaction from people. Like I like that. That's really, there's something about that. And whereas when you get older, everything just kind of seems like you've seen it before, or even like music seems like you've heard it before. Cause you're like, well, I can think of off the top of my head, like five acts that sound like that, even when they're like an experimental electronic, like, like outfit that are, I don't know, going into the woods and just getting animal noises and like regurgitating yeah. them through. All the, you're like, oh, that actually still sounds like something I've heard 20 years ago. And yeah. with skate videos, it is still the same as well. Like, you watch someone do a trick and you're like, God, that reminds me of such and such, like doing that, that same like trick that way or did it or like a top soul or like even like the, the pivot that like, or you'll see someone like spinning on just like one wheel, but you're, it's that you can still find reference points to your past of is when you've been involved in something for so long. So I do think it makes it really hard for something to kind of just like blow you away. Yeah, I so this morning I watched the new Nils edit for the the purple promo, and I watched the ender and I completely zoned out. And then the thing ended, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what? Was, how did it end? How, I had to rewind it because as soon as I saw the setup, I saw like drop rail, 
I, I just like glazed over. And it's not because it was a boring trick or it's not because yeah. it was like, a, it was a scary risk, risky trick. Right. But I've just like seen that setup before. I've like seen the rail on the third um, of the screen and I've seen like, you know, the skater and I just like completely zoned out and it's no fault of like Nils or the camera person. I just like, I'm so exposed to skating and I've watched so much of it and so many skate videos and they're all so similar. Um, I, yeah, I find myself like not even just like not I'm having the same emotional response, but sometimes I'm like, not even, it feels like um, mechanical watching it where I'm just like, yep. Or if I'm like predicting tricks and like sometimes that's, that's it. But it's because yeah, when you first saw it, when you first saw that, you're like, holy shit, what's about to happen? What is he going to do? Is he going to live? And now you're like, I know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, he's about to send it. Like that's that's about that this is about to be a stunt. Or like that guy's about or there's just certain shots that filmers use and you're like, I see where this is going. I don't even need to see who the skater is or how they're approaching the obstacle. I know what's about to happen. Yeah. And uh I was thinking about that because we we're filming on Sunday and in broom and I in gym um, and we're just like skating a bench. And I was like, all right, well, what can I do on this bench that I've never done before? And not that I've never done before, but like that most people probably haven't seen before. Cause that is that sort of um, that gets me excited. Like watching, watching like Harry Abel skate or Scott with those guys. It, what a delight. What a delight to watch those two skate. Um, cause often you'll, you just have no idea what to expect. And I really appreciate that as a viewer and as a skater who's been in it for 20 plus years. Like I love watching a clip and not knowing what I'm about to see. Um, and so that you can call it novelty if you want, but I, I think it's, um, I think it's thoughtful. I think that those two skaters in particular are very thoughtful and I appreciate that in their skating in their clips um, and so I, I've been, I like, I've been trying to really like focus in on that. Like what, what can I do that's like within my skill set, but also is not going to be like so predictable on this. Um, and it's just partly because those clips are like what excite me as a viewer. And I like want to be able to replicate that on a bench was tough. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. I do get what you mean. But although John Bellino also pointed out quite an interesting thing when I spoke to him, he was like, you know, when when I was coming up or trying to make a name for myself, it was all like you had to do the hardest trick. It had to be the hardest trick, no matter what obstacle you went to. It was just a case of getting the most difficult thing down it. And now it's not like that. Now we go to a ledge and I don't have to try and 540 kind grind it or 540 Alec Fisher or da 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 da. He's like, I just have to think of the most inventive, fun way to make use of this obstacle. It's not about, it's not about, it's about basically trying to get a trick on the obstacle. Whereas before it was just all about the trick. He was like, it was all about what is the hardest, most impressive thing I can do in this. Whereas he's like, now it's all about, how can I use this obstacle in the most interesting way possible? And that yeah. element of it, I'm like, that, that, when someone describes it that way to me, I'm like, that's interesting. That I like, like the playfulness of it, the the kind of exploring. Yeah, absolutely agree with that statement. And that's like a big part of like, you were describing the like stair crevice 
role earlier and I was like, yeah, I've never done that before. It's there. Uh, it's like, it's a thing that can be done. Uh, I'll try it. Um, but like, how do you, yeah. Like how do you skate like six stairs in a way you've never skated it before? There are countless ways to do it, but we don't really do that. And it's fun to try. And sometimes if you're as sick as John Bellino, it looks incredible and you can do incredible stuff on it. Yeah, he's um, a terrible example to use because I feel like whatever he applies himself to, he can he's he's proven that he can transcend those generational boundaries by yeah, just yeah, he, doing anything. Really, um really sickeningly good at skating, that guy. Like really, really good. Yeah. Uh, breaking news, John Bellino's really good at skating. When, um, when he came back, I was genuinely, I was like, please don't tarnish my memory of you just being like this absolute kind of trailblazing little kid that was just a bit fearless. And then he came back and I was like, oh my God, you've, you've, it you, was don't even look, you, you don't look dated at all. Like so oh, many really? people come back and you're like, oh, you're, you're replaying the classics. Cool. We've seen this. John came back and I was like, oh, you've, you've fully immersed yourself in what is happening now. And you are all still at the forefront of it. That's wild. Yeah. Refined creative conceptually interesting uh high amplitude <laughs> high velocity he really he really he's definitely one of the my favorites dinner right now that's what i was curious about so i remember like when i first saw you skating you were i'm sure you were wearing shadows in those like ridiculously long k2 frames which I can't remember <laughs> the names of. Like I was like, those frames are too long for that skate. They're weird. Um, I'm interested to know like what what your influences were like growing up. That kind of like I feel like the whole kind of shadow rock movement was very much like something that you perhaps kind of latched onto. Like were there particular sure. skaters that you were like, holy shit, yep, they're they're what I want to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, well. So first video is Brain Fear Gone and I the Dustin part blew me away was just like so obsessed with with him for years and then all the mind game stuff I loved it uh I mean I feel like that still shows in my skating that I was like always wanted to be like a mind game skater um yeah got was was into all the like Carl Sturgis videos that was everyone's switching to Negretti videos really love those watch those all the time uh like always wanted to be a part of that that like phenomenon uh later became friends with a lot of those guys and that was cool okay. and what was the question what was the question like like just who, like whatever? like particular skaters that you were like really influenced your kind of outlook on skating like because i feel like it has always been different but then i don't know whether that's by choice or like you said by like you're like well i know these are the tricks i can do i'm just trying to apply them in ways that interest me because i feel like sometimes people choose to go down that route and some people just don't have a choice because they're like i can't do the handrail thing or i don't want to do the handrail thing or the gap thing or the you know whatever was going on at the time grinding off roofs that kind of stuff they're like i don't want to kill myself like i don't want to kill myself um at least not skating <laughs> um what Cody and I were skating the other day and he was like, people have no idea you can skate. They think you're just like a weirdo because we were skating a rail. And I was like, I have stuff both ways if I want, I can like do tricks, you know, but 
they're like less exciting for me to like, I'm never going to post, like, I'm never going to post a P rail session myself. No one wants to see that. Everyone's seen every possible trick on a rail done before, you know, like uh, that doesn't interest me personally. You've posted P rail clips. I mean, you're the way you fidget with them isn't the way that other people skate P rails, but you they're, they're P rail clips or skate park P rail clips. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I was picturing it in a driveway and I was like, you've never seen my driveway. <laughs> so, uh, no, you you're right. I, I can use Google Maps. I, like, I found out everything. I know your telephone number. I know. I know it all. Right? So, I mean, it probably is all available. Although I did pay for Delete Me, so if they aren't deleting all that information, I want my money back. Okay. Um, <laughs> a free commercial for them, I guess. Um, the question was like, what skaters were, did I emulate growing up? Um, Dustin, the Mind Game team, I always wanted to be a part of. I really love the like rock and roll, like Negretti stuff, Stockwell, the Heat Heat team. Although that video, I didn't didn't love the video, but uh, wanted to. I, yeah, um, I know, I know what you mean. It felt like it definitely felt like it could have been something more. It, it felt it felt pretty rushed. Yeah, um, which is, you know, I I'm glad it exists at all. I guess I got to see skating that I liked. Um, yeah, and then I, I don't know. I even even as like a like baggy pants kid in shadows and mooks, I was still like, what's the weird stuff? I hmm. will you give me a direct question? Because I I can ramble about this, but I can ramble about it, which is normally good for podcasts, right? If you're if you have a cohesive train of thought. Okay. Okay. Which which skaters now make you hopeful about the direction that rollerblading is going in? Which people do you watch now that you're like, oh, I'm really interested to see where you go? Or because we can yeah. name Colin Martin, but let's be honest, Colin's been around for decades. Like Colin's been around since V8. Colin's been appearing in videos since VHSs were getting released. He's not. He's creating new tricks, but he's not a new skater. Like sure. I, like is is there anyone? that's kind of come around the past like you know five or ten years that you're like whoa like their their ideas are pretty interesting that's the kind of stuff i'd like to watch more of if that's the question it's it's a little tougher but junkyu i'm not sure if the pronunciation obviously yeah that guy is like unbelievable like came out of the gate an incredible skater obviously i I feel like it feels like silly to even have to mention his name because he's just like He's definitely like, if I see a clip going up, I will stop what I'm doing to like watch it. Like I'll, whatever I'm doing, I'll stop and sit down and watch his clips. Um, who else? Who else? Hmm. That's it. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Everyone no, else bores me. You guys bore me. I don't have, I don't have, I just, Bellino just put up a, a little park edit that I watched a couple times. Um, that guy's going places. That he's, new skater. That that kid's got a bright future ahead of him. He's got a bright. Yeah, yeah. I've always said that. I don't know. It's the if the question is who have I seen emerge in the past ten years? Not even maybe emerge. Just I mean of like the current generation. Like which which ones do you like? Oh God, they've got stuff coming out. Like like you said, like you saw that Junkyu Park had it, and you're like, oh, I need to watch that. I know that's going to be something I want to watch. Like, Are there, are there other people like that that kind of grab your attention and you go, oh, I, I need to pay attention to this? Like, Yeah, God, I I feel like I'm surprised they don't have like a 
I don't have more of an answer for you because I know that there are more people. I just am struggling to think of them on the spot. Um, I love watching my friends skate. That's like a thing I'll, I'll usually take time to do is like watch my, my, my friends skate. Um, I love watching Jeremy Raff skate. He just posted a thing today that was so also, good. Isn't Jeremy might not be from El Paso, but he's definitely from an area of Texas that's near the Mexico border, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he is. What's um, it called? The, it's generally referred to as the Valley, the Rio Grande Valley. But um, I don't know the exact city or town he's from. Oh, that's going on. Because I interviewed when I first started, like the wheel scene as a print publication in like 2011. He was in one of the first issues because he oh, was cool. re he was releasing like online sections at the time. And I was like, this guy, he was living in San Francisco then. Yeah. And I was like, this guy is onto something. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, he's, he, he's very interesting to watch. Yeah. He's a delight to watch skating and and in person too. But yeah, he has just so much control and style and can just do whatever he wants. It's great. Um, he's not a new skater also, but he is whenever he posts a clip, I'm very excited to see it. Um yeah, unfortunately I don't have a better answer for you, and I don't want to take up precious podcast time. Well, that's going, you've you've ruined um, that aspect of it. So we'll 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 move on to something else. You've lived in Austin for a while, but you've been appearing in jumbo things, but I don't feel like you've been hanging about with that crew for that long because you've never been in any of the Aunt Medina videos. And I don't even think you were in jumbo at the start. I feel like you kind of came on as they were making those. Is that, would that think, be right? I think so. I actually don't. Yeah, no one ever was like, we're starting a thing called jumbo, show up. Um... Oh yeah, I don't mean as in like it was a, like it was a um like by design they're like oh we're making this like come along get involved but i feel like did, like were, were you a part of that group because when they were make like even even as recent as candy like you don't have any like clips in candy or anything so it was like well so there's an aspect of this that like none of us have like public we've not even like talked about amongst ourselves so it feels weird to like talk about it on a podcast that feels like a little inappropriate to me um but i think the short answer is i didn't know i was invited so uh i, I never went um okay. i think is is the is the the most succinct possible version of that the answer to that question right. um but yeah but they've all been skating here and ripping for years but and i yeah i was always sort of doing my own thing well, that, that I guess that was my question. Like, were you skating with other people before you started hanging about with them, or were you just skating in your own doing like? Because I saw that you're obviously like hugely into wizard skating for, and there was a period where you were just posting wizard stuff. Were you just doing that, or just hanging about at local skate parks, or like what was the what was the dynamic before you started hanging about with those guys? I guess. Yeah, right before Jumbo, I would I was skating with uh, my friend Jay and Nay. You've probably seen Nay skating. They're the long-haired, big pants, um, sort of majestic little elf. <laughs> okay. They're they're great. Uh, no, they're very distinct looking is why. Uh, I thought maybe you would recognize them. Um, yeah, I was skating with Nay, and we would meet up and like night skate and skate at parks and stuff together. Um, 
it was never like project oriented. We just like skating. So we'd go out and skate. Um, and that was like maybe 2019 through 20. They moved to Portland last year, I think. Um, so that that's when that sort of stopped. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I would go on trips a lot and I would, uh, I think I just skated alone a lot. Okay. That, I think that, like- that was the, yeah, that was the kind of impression I got, but it does feel like you're kind of immersed in that group now. And you say, you say that you don't skate these obstacles, but like every obstacle you've said that you're not into skating, I've seen you skating in their videos like in the jumbo videos like i've seen you skating a handicap rail i've seen you skating a down rail i've seen you skating like like a, a traditional ledge spot like <laughs> but you don't see me trying very hard on them right like I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to get hurt like i don't really want to get hurt doing something where the best of my abilities is going to be someone else's like throwaway clip you know what i mean like i everything I could skate a drop rail and maybe I could like do some hard spin trick on it. I could get really hurt doing that. And best case scenario, someone in a denial video did it in 2002, you know, like, is that a fair comparison? Cause I feel like, I feel like you can apply that to like any element of rollerblading and go, well, someone's done this better. Like someone's done something better on a similar obstacle. So why try? Yeah. I, and I don't think it's across the board, but as far as like risk reward, for me so i'm sorry you're getting a glare oh i'm so you you're actually looking you were looking it was very cinematic and yeah um wow there's no way to get rid of it huh literally some kind of um psychological the psychological dream core art art nouveau cinema yeah that's the name of our podcast that's that's it yeah we need we need something convoluted something Um, convoluted that's difficult to see and difficult to remember because that's how we're going to retain an audience i already forgot it yeah, that's then it's perfect. Yep. Something write about write it down. Right. Um, the answer to your question is I don't remember the question. Um, so I, I do know, like, you're basically saying the risk and reward. And I get it. Obviously, as I'm getting older, there's, I find it, I still, I still enjoy skating handrails, but then there'll be moments where you're snapped back to reality and, like, you take quite like a sharp fall and you're like, I'm doing I'm getting hurt doing something that isn't really that interesting even to me. So why why am I putting myself through this? Like I do I do understand no, what you exactly mean. is I we were skating um like a pretty small handicap rail uh last week or a week before. It's one of the jumbos that never made the light of day, apparently. I don't know if they just didn't get enough footage that day. Um, but it didn't, he never posted it, but we were skating as like a small handicap rail. And even then I was like, I'm probably not going to get hurt on this. I could try some harder tricks. I don't really want to get hurt is the thing. And like, there, there's some amount of like, um, scapegoating with that, I think as well. Cause like I can get just as hurt, like fucking around at the skate park. Right. I can like, it's always often the small stuff that trips me up. Yeah. But I like am excited to try the weird small stuff. And I'm not that excited to try like whatever a hurricane top acid down a handrail. Like I don't really, if I get that, I can imagine the feeling I've done it on rails before, not down rails. I've done it on other rails before. Um, 
I, I, I can get the feeling. And I think I'll roll away going, oh, I did that. Shout out to 2002, you know, or like, but I am genuinely interested in trying the stuff that I've never done before. And that feels really rewarding to me. And so I'm like pretty interested in, in, in that kind of skating. So even the handicap rail skating the other day, I was like, can I transfer the underbars? Can I just do like underbar, underbar? Can I gap to the under, like just the ways that I've never skated them before. And that feel new to me. And I, God, we we're talking about music getting stale earlier or like gravitating to the same music. I don't want to do the same tricks also that I've done my entire life. Front side will always feel good, I think, or a backside, just coast floating a backside will probably always feel good. But I don't want to do soul grinds, you know, on ledges or whatever for the rest of my life. I want to do other things that skates can do. You know, there's like a lot of unexplored terrain with skates because we've been like so focused on grinds for so long. And then wizard skating came along and that is like finally it's like mainstream now. No one's denying that wizard skating is like now a part of aggressive skating. Um, And that's great. And in in retrospect, it's so obvious. Like why weren't we using the wheels before, you know? Uh, And there's like a way, there's a way in which I'm like, Oh yeah, that was pretty like narrow minded of us. And I, so I, I, I really enjoy like throwing stuff against the wall and seeing if any of it sticks. A lot of it doesn't. And, but sometimes it does. And the stuff that does is fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting how even like, yeah, the wizards, there has actually always been elements of wizard, not wizard, wizard skating and aggro but, like, but, but it has always been like novelty things or people even like doing it as like a joke in a skate video or like, They've just thrown it in going, oh, yeah, like kind of like B-roll inside a video. But where's you're like, no, it's actually a really interesting, curious idea you've come up with there. Or like even I remember seeing one of Haffy's first sections that had like a toe roll to grind in it, but they just kind of like dashed it. I think it was in mm-hmm. United. I think it was one of Jan's videos in like United Front. He does like a toe roll to sew on it and they just kind of throw the clip in. And it's really quick and there's no like build up as if just like, oh, that's nothing. Just they put that in there. Like I remember watching it going, no, that's like why like that yeah. that's really hard. Like what like why are more people not and now there's so much of that happening and you're like, it's always been there. It's been there for like decades. It's just or like people integrating like doing like a hockey slide and then turning into a grind, like like Ben Schwab and stuff like that, like doing like a cess slide and then hopping into grind or a a, a magic slide or a hockey slide or whatever, or like a, a T stop into a grind and stuff like that. And you're like, it, it felt like it was just inevitable it would go that way. Because if if it just starts off as a fringe thing that people are just messing about with and it's only every once in a while appearing in a video, it feels like it, went, it, it feels impossible that eventually it's not just going to seep in more. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, there's only, there's only so many times you can see a guy hurricane tops or a handrail. Right. Or there's only so many handrails you can see that trick happen on. Yeah. Before you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I would love to see it up something. <laughs> I would love to see someone do it up up a rail. Um, but yeah, there, there's yeah. Uh, my exposure to a lot of it has like dictated the direction my skating has gone. Um, but also, I'm just like a slut for novelty, which I don't think is necessarily bad. Um, Novelty has a connotation of being like, uh, 
like me- meaningless maybe or like I, uh, yeah yeah i think that's the it's it's when like language gets bastardized it's like a it's what's like the example i always think of is like satan satan originally meant son like as in the actual son and then get changed into i'm gonna like, actually shut the window or close the blinds because the satan it. it's kind of All right. Um, now none of the viewers will know that I'm talking about rollerblading. That's this is it. Um, or another another word I love that people use. People always use plethora to mean a lot of, but the actual mm-hmm. the actual definition of plethora is too much. Oh, really? So people are like, oh god, there's a plethora of options. There's plethora of like great music, and they're like, that, no, that means that I mean, it's, it's oversaturated. Like, there's- but I do agree that that is true. <laughs> I do think there is too much music. Hold on, um, I. Block out too much Satan. All right, I think we're back in business. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think calling something. I just, I don't know that it's there's anything wrong with calling it novelty. I just don't think novelty is the right word for. Yeah, it. I think, I think you're right. I, I. Maybe it's just new, newness. Um, it's creatively exciting for me to to try stuff I've never done before. And it feels good when it's unexplored. And I last um, podcast I was on, I think I was talking with I was talking with Jan, and he asked me if I knew all the wizard skating names, and I said that I didn't and that I actively tried not to know them because I like it feeling sort of like unencumbered by um categorization and like the sort of like the way that um i don't know the rigid the rigidity the rigidity of um of structure yeah that sort of just happens i like when i put my wizard frames on i'm just like i'm gonna go do something until it feels good. And I like that. And I don't need to know if it's called a lion or like an open face sandwich or whatever. I don't care. Uh, And I, I sort of like that with um, just like, I don't know, trying, trying grinds that I've never done or that no one maybe has tried in since the nineties. There's a lot of stuff I've like seen in old videos in nineties videos. I was like, Oh my God, I thought so-and-so invented that, but someone actually did that like 25 years ago in one of these hoax videos. Like that's incredible. It's, I love seeing, I love when that happens. First of all, I love seeing a stuff that you like, like that Toro happy soul, happy Toro soul um, where I'm like, Oh yeah, you just toss this in and no one thought anything of it, but it was actually really cool. Um, or like could have been, if you'd given it the right treatment, it could have been like a bigger thing than it was. And uh god lost my point what was the point point is like like coming up with some like uh, you kind of yeah hit the nail on the head there like the way you skate is you you come up with tricks that even you don't have names for and i think you i think there's a certain element of you that finds satisfaction in the fact that other people can't name them either they're like oh well they have to describe what you did because they can't name it yeah, but like, also like at the start of the conversation where I was like, you did this thing down this obstacle and I have to describe the obstacle and how you approached it rather than actually going, oh, well, he obviously did a sunny day to fakie then like. Yeah, and it 
there is also the sort of like as soon as there's names for it i'm like oh, okay that's good because it's like at you know it feels like it's a thing i like when it's like oh it exists now that's fun it feels like fun to have like meth left like a little dent in this activity that i've been doing for so long um that's like a pretty rewarding feeling that frame feels similarly like oh that's cool like you know even if no one remembers it next year that's fine but like it i have a thing on the shelf and that feels good it feels good to have just like made a small dent in rollerblading um even if it's just like a nick but i again have lost my train of thought why don't people why don't more people invite Michael on other podcasts? It's weird. Why is he not? Yeah, I really, I really, what? this whole time I've been like, maybe we can redo it. Maybe why we can redo this episode why? because I am not. No. If you were on Jump Street, uh, Austin would have freaked out by now. Austin would be sitting there just in blind panic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good. That means I've done a good job. Um, um, but yeah, like. We can do this again. And I'll, but, do, I'll be more prepared. Like, what, one element of skating that cannot like annoys me about it as I, be, I have become a pedant about trick names like someone will say something in my presence and I'll be like oh no you you mean that yeah and they'll go what and then you'll explain to them why you're right and why they've like got the terminology wrong and then I'm like oh I've become that person that like I was about to say what what, what why I, I, I don't even know to what end just so that maybe they don't go around and tell other people and give them like misinformation or maybe it's just the maybe it's like the ego element of knowing that i know the correct answer and that they didn't and there's like probably that at play as well there's like there's definitely different facets to it either that or they've just annoyed me by not getting it right and i'm like no <laughs> you, do you um do you consider language hmm also coming from a literary background as well, where yeah, language and like correctly communicating things, uh, uh, there is a lot of importance placed on it that I uh, assume that probably has an element to it as well. But the keyword there that I'm interested in is correct. And do you do you consider language to be or like a dictionary? You're talking about trick names. Do you consider it to be descriptive or prescriptive? Do you think that language is more? language is like a function that is changing with people as people change and culture changes, or do you consider it um, more prescriptive in the sense that there are, these are the words that we use and this is how we use them. And to use them correctly, they have to be in this order. Oh no, I definitely have, I definitely have an issue with language as well. And especially having a child, there's so many times where they'll say a word and you go, Oh, you actually mean this word. And they're like, why that makes no sense. Why do that? Or like you, even like days of the week, you get like um, oh, what, there was something. There was a conversation I was having with my kid, and it was she was really young as well. She was only like two or three, and she went, "That makes no sense. Why would you do that? Or why would you have two words that sound the same but mean entirely different things?" And I was like, "Oh, don't get me wrong. The English language is insanely flawed. Like for example, you've got key, which is something you put in your door." You've also got key that is a body of water surrounded by like concrete and buildings. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Anyone from a different country is not going to get that. And yeah. as, as a teenager, I always thought it was pronounced quay. I was always like key and quay. And then when someone told, no, that's also pronounced key. I was like, well, that's stupid. Why would you do that? And there's so I many examples. Have, hmm? I don't have much familiarity with that use of that 
sound. Like, so, as, like as in like Q-U-Q-U-E-Y is like a like a, a key of water. It's like it's, it's almost like a harbor. Okay. I don't, that's not common. That's not a common term here. Um, so. Or like, like, or an, it is, or I, another, for example, like race, like race can be attributed to someone's skin color, or it can be attributed to a physical act, like activity yeah. of running and in, in competition with someone. I'm like, yeah, why would, strange. why would you do that? That makes, don't do that. That's, that's stupid. Right, right. But people are also, this is the thing that I think we're both trying to avoid just in getting, getting old is like being like, I feel myself becoming more conservative in that way where I'm like, um, is porn star a dumb name for a trick? Absolutely. Should we change it? Probably, but no one's, it's not going to happen, right? Like it's not going to happen. And that's, that's, that's weird, right? Like we should all have the power to change this dumb name that we all have to say, but none of us seeming, none of us seemingly have the ability to do so. I do think it, A, I agree it's a stupid name, but then part of me also thinks the person that came up with it or, you know, popularized it or whatever, they also gave it that and it's kind of rude to them. Who, Who is that? Who even knows? But then, yeah, but who, who who gives a shit? Fuck that person. True, but another element of it, which is probably the one that kind of riles me up, is that people go, "It's offensive," and I'm like, "What? How is that word offensive? I don't what, like um, like, do you want a little kid saying that?" And I'm like, "Well, no, obviously not." But like, I I also wouldn't say it's an offensive term. It's not like yeah, I think that's go, another. And uh, the, oh, it's sexist, and it's like no one's saying no one's saying female porn star. Like I, I understand yeah. that your mind would probably go there first and go, yes, a female adult actress, but like it's it's not gender specific. Yeah, I agree. I think Grant Hazelton and I had this conversation once, and he had the same. Uh, he had the same. Was like, it's sexist that you think it's a whatever. Um, there are plenty of that's it, yeah. Like you could argue, like you, you saying it's male. offensive, going, "Oh well, obviously they're talking about women." You go, well, "Why, obviously?" Yeah, very heteronormative perception of of what a porn star is. Yeah, not that that's like also not obviously often men in porn, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But what the interesting thing is that like even if someone with like a if John Julio was like, "We're gonna rename this one," we all agree it's stupid. We didn't. We need like a. We need someone, a big figurehead, a respected figurehead in the industry. We need someone of that amount of clout to do it. It still wouldn't work because we're all so. It's so easy for us to be like stuck in these conservative ways. Like I'm I, conceptually, I'm like, yeah, let's change the name. I've not thought of a better one. I've not tried. But even like Sunny Day doesn't really catch on. Although I also don't think it's a very good name. Just calling it a star seems so wrong. Sunny, Sunny Day didn't catch on. Are you joking? They've been calling it that since like the mid nineties. Yeah, but it didn't catch on in the sense that we are still calling it porn star, right? It didn't overcome. Yeah, yeah. True. It, it didn't win. It obviously didn't win. Um, and there is a certain amount of like childhood, like teenage, like oh it's so edgy to say porn star we're gonna call that the name <laughs> yeah. trick. like like it's, it's a product of its environment and time like it, it grew up in that period of senate being like the the angry youth co and all this like we're rebellious we're punk rock we're yeah we're we're yeah. so alternative what, okay. what we can do 
to salvage this pot. Hold on, the lighting is terrible. It's fine. No, it's okay. Are you sure? Yeah. And now it's fine. You look on the uh, mysterious. It was great. Yeah, that was what I wanted. No, um, what we're going to do to salvage this podcast, because this has been a disaster for both of us. I've uh, hit, um, speak for yourself. I've been having a delightful time. My career is in shambles after this. You don't have a <laughs> career, so it's fine. You're not a pro skater, remember? All right. All right. Well, my uh, reputation as a normal person and not a neurotic uh, dork is in shambles, right? Um, what you're, we're going to do- You're aware of who you're speaking to, right? You're, like You are so calm and collected. You, you Yeah, right. Okay. Neurotic or not. Dork is very, is very I apt. Didn't say dork. I didn't right. yeah. Don't not put words in my mouth. Um, let's rename Pornstar right here, right now. I wish this were live so we could take see, requests. See, now, now all I want to do is call it female adult entertainer. Oh, God, that was a sick female adult entertainer just to, like... Hey, we could call it a fake grind. <laughs> um, I don't even like them anyway. I, I don't even like the feeling of doing, like... Yeah. What? It's a. Um... No, I got nothing. I hate the feeling. It's, it, it's there with Mizzou for me. I'm like, I just don't enjoy it. People are like, when was the last time you just did like just a regular forward Mizzou? And I'm like, never, because I despise them. And they're like, but you do sweat stance all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but that feels nice. Mizzou feels horrible. Sweat stance feels great. I love uh, the way sweat stance feels. I hate that. When I do Mizzou, I feel like I've just put on skates for the first time. I'm like, why? <laughs> I completely agree. Um, and also, um, what's his name? Vancouver boy already did the best Mizzou of all time. Um, skates with the, the, he's a wizard guy as well. Um, God, why can't I recall his name? He's so oh, sick. Stuart Bratty. Yeah. Stu did sure. the best Mizzou of all time. So we can just retire that one. We should call it a Stu. Anyway. There's an argument that Seth Minor did it first. Yeah. But then we, but we, we can say Ms. Stu. And that's really important. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's Stuart Bratty is that is an example of someone actually in recent years that whenever and yes. even if even if I see like, oh my god, he's got a one minute wizard thing and a, a just a flat piece of concrete, I'm like, I'm watching that. I want to you, see who has one minute and I am in like opening champagne bottles, like a one minute stew part. Yes, that's a huge win. Yeah. Skating. Also, and he's he's played it very cleverly that he doesn't release that much, so it doesn't yeah. you don't feel like over like overwhelmed with footage from him. So when you do get stuff from him, you're like, oh, this this feels like a treat. Mike Torres is the same way. Delight, love watching him skate. He barely puts stuff out, saves it for videos. I respect it. I'll go. Yeah. I'll I'll go along with that. Yeah. Do you not think so? Oh no, I do. I like I love the stuff and oh what what was I'm trying to think the stuff they had where he was like messing about like the ledge thing out a little like out the back of a building in New York. Was it it wasn't was it NYC Journal? It was one of the them projects. And he only had a few clips, but I was like, holy crap. And then obviously his sections and stuff like nights and weekends, one for the road, things like that. Um, video. No, video. This is going to be controversial. I prefer Mike's videos to the Bodega Voice 
boy videos. I don't know why. I, I don't know if does Jeremy edit them. Maybe. Uh, I think the last one was. I think Jeremy did most of the work on the last one. I feel like there's a stylistic element that, that even though it's essentially the same group of people or has quite a few of the same cast members, there's just yeah. something about Mike's videos that he does on his own or with Augusto Castillo that I prefer to the Bodega Boy stuff. I don't, I, I can't put my finger on it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those guys are so talented and they're like, both skating wise, uh, both filming and editing wise, and then they're like professional jobs that like they're all. I think they're all just sort of passing the files around and passing like, hey, can you color correct this? Or hey, can you you want to touch up the editing here? You want to do some audio editing on this? Hey, can do you mind doing a second pass on this? Just tighten things up. And at this point, who knows how many people have like actually touched it by the time it like makes it to like I don't I don't think it's just one person anymore. So, but yeah, you're right. Um, but also, I haven't like noticed a distinct, distinctly, distinctly different style from Mike's on the most recent Bodega Boys video. But also, I didn't, you know, I wasn't watching them back to back or anything. Yeah, if someone actually asked me what the differences were, I couldn't describe it. There's just yeah, there's there's a feeling about Mike's full length and and the stuff that he's made with them skates, obviously, that I. I definitely feel just more of emotional attachment to than the Bodega Boy stuff. But again, I can't actually say why. So that's not helpful in any way. <laughs> well, just, just knowing that there's something there is at least a starting point. So is it helpful? Maybe, maybe to someone who really cares, maybe to Mike. Mike does not care what my, Mike does not care what my opinion is in this. He's probably like, no. yeah, very good. You're a hack. Like, shut up. <laughs> well, no and comment. He, and he would be correct. And that's perfectly fine. We've, it's all right. Mike and I have had these discussions. He knows. That's fine. Um, Responding to every text, you're a hack, you're a hack, you're a hack. Uh, well, that's, that's more of just the, the he, he lets me know. Um, so you, you said that you've been filming stuff with Anne. Are, are, are we ever going to get a promo for this frame? Or are we going to wait until the frame's discontinued and then you're going to release footage for it? Or are you just not adhering to that, that um, traditional... Just no, I, of... I, uh, I'm filming for it. Um, it's just slower going than I think anyone wanted. Um, I do. I actually, you can see, I have, I actually have the footage up right now. I was going through it and sent me some clips this morning. I was going through and doing some color correction on and, uh, it's happening. It's just happening slowly. Everyone has adult jobs now and it's people are skating on the weekends and it's, it, it's hard to just like go out and especially the way that I skate, I'm often like, you know, it takes me 20 tries to get something and then I won't even like it. Like I'll, I'll see the clip at the end of the day and I'll go, nah, no, I'm not going to use it. And so I've like already, you know, I have half the stuff we've shot together in a folder that I'm just not going to use. Um, pretty, pretty sure you just described stuff. every rollerblader ever there. It takes me like 20 tries. And then when I land it, I don't even like it. You just, dis- <laughs> so many. No. I like I want to I I wish that was not the case I wish they you know I wish I was just like excited to put out like here's the trick that I did you know a lot of people are and there's nothing wrong with that at all but I I just like it has to be the right clip because I'm annoying okay I mean you're you're definitely annoying there's no argument there for sure um have like so obviously you're approached by 
um, the new everything company and you get a frame with them. Have any other companies approached you and like, or like sent you product or like, because there's a lot of brands out there that, yeah, they don't care if you film a section for them or appear or like go on a team trip or do this, or they just want, they just want representation. They want people wearing the brands. I know that them skates do it. They've got quite a lot of people who they just send skates to. Like, have you ever got like skates from them or like products from any other company where they're just like, we like what you do. Here's some of our stuff. Um, them's never sent me skates, but I, I am a part of something coming out fairly soon so I can at least say that it's a thing coming soon. Um, that's all I'll say about it. Cause um, I was curious if you were going to get announced with standard. I thought that would have been an interesting, I thought that would have been, uh, yeah, I thought you. I thought you would maybe fit into that the kind of aesthetic that they're going for quite well. I don't have any facial hair, unfortunately. This is true. This is yeah. true. I don't know if I'll make it onto the team. Um, no, I did. I ordered the skates, though. I'm excited to try them. But no, I'm not. I'm not on the team. Not not being that. That would be. I would be very surprised to find out I was on the team. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I've talked to Lawrence that uh, I could count the times on one hand that we've actually spoke, but seems like a great guy. I'm excited to see what he's doing. Seems like he cares a lot about his product. And I've really liked all the brand direction, too, that Stefan's done for Standard. It's I think it's really good. Um, I Yeah, some some companies have talked to me before, and I, I, I considered them, but I didn't. And... Um, I'm probably not going to name names. Sorry, that seems rude. Um, but yeah, I, I am going to be a part of something early next year that is coming out. And okay. That's all say about that. But so it's not a, it's not a skate company. It's not a it's not a frame company. So it's a wheel company. Oh, <gasps> I don't know about that. I do I, know what I do know what it is. I do know what it is. Um, yeah, I've just. You've just jogged my memory. Yeah. I've jogged your memory. Yes, you have. Um, I, I know that there's a definite Texas connection um involved. And yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say no more than that. I won't you won't you don't you don't want to say it, so I won't say it. I'm not sure that you are actually talking about the thing that I'm talking about. And I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're speaking in absolute riddles now so let's move on to something else um well, how how did we get talking the other week and we ended up discussing about my uh distaste for the blank skate what was the what was the discussion there and you led me to believe i, I can't remember I like you I like it yeah i think uh, you, you posted a, a screenshot of of maybe tom being like buy these skates that was um it. And like, uh uh, bias much or something that was the uh, the no I, I was like direct i was like that's some direct marketing right there yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah uh which also you know i respect it whatever um i yeah i, I had the blanks i skated them they're right here my only the main reason i stopped skating them um was because i was getting a pain in my uh, inner upper cuff okay right here so I was skating with intuition liners and I think they were, it's a really stiff skate. Um, have you skated it or just? I bought a pair 
and lasted less than two hours and was so devastated with the purchase that yeah that was what what was your big what was your hang up about them um i skated the 909 before it and 909s obviously get a raised uh a raised heel and i feel like good energy transfer and like fit the medium fit my foot perfectly like my toe came right up to the edge of the shell had the intuition v2 in it and then i put that on and i was like it's a flat skate but it's a flat skate that's got a heel pad built into it that cr still keeps the skate flat which makes no sense whatsoever because every skate that you see that's designed for speed or distance all has a raised heel because mm -hmm. that's the best energy transfer format you've you've maintained a flat foot but put a heel pad in so if anyone puts any weight on the heel the heel instantly does this which means that you constantly feel you're skating uphill so Basically, you're skating one way, but the skate wants you to go in a different direction. And I'm like, it's basically not helping with forward projection in any way. In fact, it's inhibiting it. And mm. I found just the act of skating, like, unpleasant. Really? Like, before you even got into grinds and stuff like that, I was like, just skating around in this doesn't feel nice. It feels like the skate is, like, actively slowing me down. I didn't. And I tried to explain to someone, and they were like, "Nah, you're just you just hate heel pads." And I was like, "Yeah, but you can't take it out. It's built into the design of the skate, and it's got a unique shape that if you take it out, your heel is going to hurt." They put yeah, on, so I, they put on the skate and rolled around, and they were like, "I know exactly what you mean. It feels like in, there's an invisible force pulling the skate backwards." I was like, "Yeah." Hmm. I had long, uh, long story short. I feel like it's got terrible energy transfer, and I didn't enjoy skating. No, I, I don't. I don't think that those complaints are are misguided at all. Um, I had a, a like a hard insole under my liner, so I think I was maybe experiencing a little less of that. Um, I was getting a little less bend than you were because I had a, a rigid plastic support underneath yep. the liner. So that makes sense. I didn't try them without super feet in, so maybe that was why I had a better experience than you did. Um, but I like my skates really tight and stiff and it's a pretty stiff skate. So I liked that aspect of it. I cranked them down because I like it cranked down and that combined with the stiffness was giving me some, some inner ankle pain, inner like leg, I guess it's calf, right? Between the ankle calf, um, nether, nether area that we shall not name, you know? Um, and that was, mo I had to stop because I was, I was getting consistent pain there and because I just don't want to skate any other liner than intuition liners. So I never even tried the blank liner. Could be great. That that was one element I was surprised of. I tried the intuition liner in it and I felt like the blank liner fit the skate better. I felt like it oh, filled it in better and felt more comfortable. The, the intuition one felt more uncomfortable with, because that was, I was like, maybe if I just change the liner, I'll enjoy it more. And I was like, nope, that's making it, that's making it quite sore actually. Nope, nope, nope. I mean, that could have been my problem. Um, and maybe I'll put them on again someday when I when these skates run out of life. When uh, the pile of puke, is that what you called them? What was that? <laughs> I called them a, a pile of puke, my my brain does. A pile of the swirly puke, yep, yep. yep. Um, yeah, I I think those are, are valid criticisms. You, it's, it's unfortunate that they don't have like a hard... Uh, heel pad replacement that you can take out the squishy one and put in just like make it a flat bottom skate that would yeah. be 
uh, prudent of, of them to do. And I didn't, I didn't love the 45 strap on it. I didn't love looking down at it. I thought they weren't great to look at down on my feet, but that might change with different color skates. Who knows? I didn't try the, the, the pigeon ones. Okay. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be positive about it. I'm I mean, trying not the, to. The, the aesthetic's still the same. It's just a slight, there's a slightly different color. Very slight. Yeah, maybe, maybe the experience of hitting your eyes is different, you know? Right. Right. I mean, we've, we've learned, if anything, the thing that we can take away from this podcast is that your um, choice of what is aesthetically pleasing with a skate is not valid and shouldn't be, shouldn't be trusted by the, the general consensus. Hey, you're not the first person to tell me that. You've you've gone for the two least popular releases from them skates so far as as your chosen I weapons. Think, I think the blue was the most unpopular. The blue release. seems to that also seems to have been. I feel like I'm getting trolled by them skates adverts on social media every time oh, I open up Instagram. I'm like, wow, another few adverts. Every time I open up Facebook, wow, I'm like, you're I'm like this is everywhere. Yeah, they they went hard. It looked like on it, the. On the Facebook ads, they went too hard. Yeah, I I saw a lot of them, which is why I thought they were not selling well. Because I thought if you're pushing something that much, it must not be selling. True, but they're also doing it with the basement ones now as well. Like I've, I saw the Clark's adverts, but now the now like I'm just regularly seeing Sean Kelso everywhere, and I'm like, all right, like I feel like, yeah, I I, I it didn't. I thought that was out of out of everything they've released over the past twelve months and even beyond. I'm like, that's probably my favorite release out of them. Yeah, I think they're a great looking skate. Um, but yeah, either that or they're just on a really big drat, or they have money to burn, so they're like, let's just take over social media with adverts. But it, it seems it has the effect of like it has the effect of making the consumer think that they're not selling well which is it's like it's it's everywhere but has a negative connotation yeah but i think only to us right like because other i think other people who see them are like only i think only because advertising like like that is not really done in rollerblading like no one's really paying for ads because it's like such a niche market yeah but if you're trying to appeal to like outside markets that's really what you're going to be doing is like putting up ads so I'm not. I'm not sure what their what their ad spending and target markets look like, but who knows? They they might have been selling fine. They Although, might have just been like trying to reach a, a wider audience than just like the core aggressive skaters who are already going to buy them skates anyway. This is true, and there's a very realistic that possibility that John just knows something we don't because you're not even a pro skater, and I run only a moderate, really moderately successful podcast. So you know, what do we know? Uh, the two people who listen to this are going to stop right here when they realize that we're just schmucks. This Both is true. Hacks. 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 Oh, yeah. That's well, I, you're a hack. I'm just a schmuck. This is true. The schmuck and the hack. No, There's that's our not. Second podcast. No? Okay. That, yeah. That, that name's not. That name's not. That, that could catch on. That could be. What about a, a schmuck star as a grind? Schmuck star. Yeah. I mean, can't get any dumber so i think it is dumber so <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's a win um yeah yeah, yeah. We sh- you should not release this 
Um, no, that this is the very reason why I should, because it's entertained me greatly and made me laugh quite a lot, which is all I really want from these things. So if it makes me laugh, I'm sure somewhere out there in the darkest depths of Omaha, Nebraska, some really bored person is going to watch this and find it moderately entertaining. I just can't imagine that happening. Well, <laughs> can't imagine it. Just wait till, those, uh, wait till that comment section lights up and then I'll then I'll be like, Mike, I was right all along. You know nothing. Told you. Wow, then I'll be the schmuck. Wait, no, I was always the schmuck. Then I'll be the hack. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Hack star. That has like a horror film connotation. Yeah, it has a kind of slasher, slasher horror feel. How about a slasher? Slasher grind? True, but in Scotland... <laughs> I don't know if that's the thing in the US. In Scotland, going for a slash means going for a piss. So so it's still sort of on the theme. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. We, we, splash star? Huh? Ooh, that, 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 there's many elements of pornography that appeal to me. That That is one that very much does not, if anything, that grosses me out. Well, quite I, I wasn't trying to cater to your specific erotic interest. I was just trying to <laughs> rename a trick something. Well, that's why I can't go with that name. Oh, okay. Because of the personal, that specifically. The personal negative implications. Yeah. Um, right. So now that we've degraded into talking about pornography, I think I think that's a good, uh, I think that's a good point point to round this off. Also, how long have we been going? Oh, we've been going over two hours. That's definitely yeah. You're gonna edit this down, right? I am absolutely not. Fuck, man. In fact, I'm going to find your most uncomfortable moments and I'm going to remix them into a medley and that's just going to be the promo for it. And the points where you're silent, I'm going to slow-mo those down to like 30% and then preserve the pitch. It's going to be it's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, well, you know what they say. Hold on, I have to pull it up. It's going to be a minute. Do, 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 do. You know what? Never. Um, so we'll look forward to seeing the promo for the new Everything Frame. Um, there's obviously your new skate sponsor that you're not telling us about yet, and then there's the wheel sponsor. Basically, you're just going to be you're going to be a fully stacked professional in 2024 with a, a, stuff up. a 360 degree sponsorship deal. And I can say that I interviewed you sponsorship. when you weren't even a when you weren't even a legitimate pro skater. You okay? I know you're trying to predict this is not a good uh, because you chose a terrible person to have a podcast with. Um, that's on you. That's not on me. That's all on you. I stand by my decision. Um, what do you personally? Because you asked me what I consider a pro skater. Uh, well, sort of indirectly, that was the underpinning of the question. What do you consider to be a professional skater? I would previously have said it was someone who essentially cannot makes a living, but then no one really makes a living from it now. So I would say in the nineties, it was much easier to define. You're like, Oh, that your job is being a skater. You're in the sure. magazines and the videos, you have pro skates, yada, yada, yada. Now, most pro skaters have full-time jobs. Like obviously you've got people like Brosco who doesn't, but you've got Sean and Colin Kelso who are arguably two of the most influential people in rollerblading right now. 
both of them have full-time jobs that is, are not rollerblading. Yep. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, and then you've got people who try and make it work, like competition earnings, people like Julian Cadeau, who has pretty much won everything in the last 12 months, apart from Better Code. We don't talk about Better Code. That's very upsetting for him. He's not, he doesn't want that mentioned. Um, or people like Joe Atkinson, who just kind of somehow make it work and travel about. But the fact is, they're not making a living off it. They don't have any savings. It's not, it's not a financially viable option. They're just, they're just making it work. They're surviving. So I would argue that, I would argue that the concept of being a pro skater isn't necessarily even a real thing. I, sure. I, I believe it's probably an out of date construct that doesn't really apply to our industry at the moment. It applies to the skateboarding industry or the or snowboarding or skiing or some where people do make a living off it. I would, I would say in ours, it's it's so rare for that to be a possibility that I don't I don't think the concept necessarily exists in our sport. Or if or if it does, it's a concept that we've kind of fictionalized in a way we're like oh they're a pro skater because they've got a pro skate and a pro wheel or they appear in these videos with other i would i would say they aren't pro skaters they're influential skaters they're they're they have notoriety i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say you're professional professional means you get paid yeah so yeah i agree with that um i mean I, because it's factual i have to agree with it um yeah which is why the like sort of but we all sort of understand there's like a tier system and some belong in it and some don't. And I think sort of like mapping that is what I'm interested in hearing you talk about and not just you specifically. I'm, I would be interested to hear many people talk about this because I have feelings about it that I haven't like thought about enough to like put into words or sort of like um, it, at least concisely express. But um everyone seems to like understand if you were like sitting around, it's like a sort of a fun game at a, like if you're just drinking with friends to be like, does he belong in the A tier, the B tier, the C tier, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then. I think that would be easier to define. I think that that tier system, cause you could apply it to other sports like football where you've got, or like in the States, you guys have like American football, you've got first string, second string, did it like like substitute kind of things. And you can definitely apply that model to rollerblading. You can definitely go, well, these guys are the stars. These guys, like these guys, they're well known. They've got a lot of skill that's undeniable that they belong in the same ballpark, but they're not here. They're not here. And then you've got these people who, you know, they can do impressive stuff, but yeah. It's like it's like the difference between like a really good skater and a great skater. A really good skater can do impressive stuff. A great skater can do whatever they want. And it's like that kind of Do you so there's a okay, that's a good thread to follow. Um what do you think it is? Do you think it's image based that because there are so many really talented skaters who don't rise to the like the 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 pantheon of like greats or whatever in rollerblading who are like undeniably talented um but just don't have the oomph for whatever reason the the there's a french word for it that i can't recall in this moment and i want to say quoi uh i was just gonna make a series of j and v sounds but that okay. sounds pretty okay um well, there, there's that 
there was that discussion going on. Like, when was it? Was it last year? And there was basically like Julian Kudo didn't get skater of the year, but yet won these competitions, released these sections, da 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 da. da. And the, there's arguments for enrollating image and marketing plays such a huge because there's skaters who've had like five, six, seven pro skates who aren't even in the top 200, 300 of rollerbladers, like but like not even close. Like their skills are incredibly limited, quite a small. There's some of them that can only literally skate a down rail. They can't do anything. They can't even, you can't even take them to a ledge. They can't do, a, they can't skate ledges. Or like, I think, I think but they're, they're kind of, their name and their brand and the, the excitement about them and this kind of mystique has been created by, you know, lots of different cultural elements. And like with the Julian thing, Julian has never had like one of those like iconic video parts where people are like, oh, I remember a section and like, you know, and then rattled off a famous VHS. He's mm -hmm. just, he was one of, in recent years, all his sections have either filmed on phones or GoPros or just shoving a camera in some random guy's hand and going film. And you can tell by the quality of it, it doesn't look as if any thought has gone into it apart from him doing insane skating. Yeah, And it's like, it's kind of crazy to think that Julian is very rarely, when people talk about the greatest skaters of all time, Julian is very rarely in that conversation. Yet his, yeah. his skill is undeniably in that, very much at that level. Like he's been one, he's been appearing in pro competitions for over two decades and winning pro competitions for over two decades. But he's not considered in the same class as like an Aragon, an Aragon or a Hafi. Mm -hmm. When there's a very real potential that he's won more major events than both of those guys. Right, but it's not about winning events, right? Because it's not just about... True, but it's, it's just quite interesting when you think about it, like, because they go, oh, like, people regularly throw out stuff like, oh, Brian Argon was one of the best competition skaters of all time. And then you're like, a, it's very possible that if you actually look at their wins, Julian's probably got more. It's just, it's just Brian had those big moments and Brian chose his sponsors carefully. He was, K2 approached him and he's like, my career's not going to go anywhere with K2. Razor's approached him and he's like, that's one of the most iconic pro teams of all time right now. If I join them, that's that's my ticket into becoming a superstar in this. And he understood that. Whereas if you don't follow those, like Julian, Julian was on, Julian was pro for USD for years, won events, released sections, they didn't do anything with them. He ended up getting a pro skate with a brand that, let's be honest, never had any momentum or excitement about it. So it's like he never even had a pro skate. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know he had a pro skate. So. Exactly. Like he had, oh. he had a pro skate with a French brand called Trigger. Oh they, right. There weren't even really that many. Like I think I've seen less than five times like people in real life even wearing them. So I think. Yeah. But then people regularly name other skaters that if they went head to head in street, he's probably going to destroy them. Oh, for sure. I watched the guy skate street in person recently. So, I mean, so like there's a lot of it has to do with, yeah, the, the way you market and present yourself. But so that's, that's like, that's an interesting aspect of it is like the celebrity dumb versus the actual skill level. Yeah. Cause we all, we all know that there are like, you were talking about John Elliott. John Elliott's like so revered, um, but like skill wise, not not exactly on par with some of the others of his of his era. 
Not um, even, yeah, like not even, yeah, that's that's exactly my point. Like someone who people go, people will refer to him as their favorite skater of all time and get very defensive if you say anything otherwise. But yet you could literally easily name 200 people that would ruin him. Right. But I guess no one's arguing if John Elliott's a pro skater or not, but uh, it, he's like, he's beloved in a way that like, definitely that and, and like, he he was his name would be mentioned if you talked about the greats certainly even though it didn't really hold up over time uh, at least like difficulty wise i think the style is still there uh minus the slap in the ground that you mentioned um someone like gonzo gonzo was incredible incredible style incredible trick selection i don't think he's in the top tier just partly for image reasons he didn't get a skate until well after he deserved one and also it wasn't even the skate he skated it was like the yeah. ufs it was very uh, strange. But it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. was he incredible? Enough? Incredible skater. Never got the the like the like accolades he deserved. Um, I don't. I don't think he's in like the top tier. And I'm just sort of like, what is it exactly that like? How do you become that person? Is it? How do you become that kind of celebrity? How do you get from B to A or whatever tiers? I'm not trying to navigate it or map it for myself. I don't want it to seem like that. I'm not trying to figure out the crack the code or anything. No, there is different elements of it that have worked. Like as in, for example, there's just been a perfect storm where you mentioned the Jeff Stockwell, Carl Sturgis thing. Carl was coming up at the same time as Jeff, but Carl was coming up for his videos and Jeff was coming up for his skating. They just so happened to be best friends. Carl essentially became the filmer of all Jeff's footage. So it was like this perfect merging together of i'm gonna i'm basically gonna present you to the world and jeff was the talent mm-hmm. and had the intelligence to know that he needed to create an image for himself or it wasn't going to go anywhere i also think there has to be a kind of industry want for that person to progress like i feel like when brian argon came along like or like happy came along like brands went we've got something here. We can do something with this guy. I feel like the the brand has to want to push the skater as well. Like loads of people over time have said, oh, like Brian Shima made razors. Well, that's true, but you could also have argued he'd have been very influential if he stayed on USD. But the fact is he, he took that risk to go over there to be the face of a brand rather than compete with people like John Hillio, Dustin Latimer, like Josh Pitt, huge... I- Whereas he went, I can make this brand in my image. And he had a, a brand that at the time wasn't that popular and needed needed a face. And he gave them that. And in return, they gave him the infrastructure to become a superstar. So it's like a mutually beneficial relationship. So I think I think there's there's many cultural aspects that kind of go together. And it, it the same formula that works for one skater doesn't work for another one. It's, it's a very unpredictable pattern, which again. Right. But so th- that's, I guess, what is the you, the common thread between all of the A tier? Um, which I guess we'd have to like name, we'd have to actually sort of map out before that made that question. Uh, any specifically useful question? Um, a mixture of well, a mixture of talent, influence, and capturing a specific moment in time. But then you get anomalies that transcend that. People like Alex Brosco, who's managed to keep staying relevant. Mm-hmm. But 
not many people have managed that. And even the people that have stuck around, like their star status over time has diminished to the point where they're not even really considered like, like legendary. They're just people who are still around. Whereas there's certain people who continue to have influence and that's because they understand, like they understand how to keep appealing to like a new, a new generation. Yeah, it's all that is that alone is I wonder I wonder who new skaters A tier are. Like I wonder I wonder what it's like to start skating now. Cause I I just there's some 15 year olds in town who have been coming out and skating the oh god, I'm supposed to be there. I'm supposed to go to the the the, the DIY, Heath's DIY in a minute. Um I'm half an hour late. But there's some yeah, they're probably there right now. It's incredible. Uh hey guys. Um they even coming out and they're like so excited to talk to me about tricks and like ask me about how to do grinds and what grinds are called. And I'm like, I wonder like what it's like for them right now. Like, I wonder who they see and are like, that's the one that's the, that's like the person. And like, it's just so, so weird to see. It's so weird to imagine. Cause I feel like skating is in a great place, like as an activity and the stuff that creative creatively, uh, I think it's like, it, <coughs> really maybe the best place it's ever been because things are super stylish. They're still interesting. All kinds of skating exist now. It's not just rails. It's not just switch ups. Like everyone's doing everything. We all have access to it at all times. And that's so cool because you can really pick out what you want to see in a way that you couldn't necessarily before. Um, but it also like makes it a little more confusing because no one's in charge, right? There's just like, there's, there's like no one like, there's not like B mag or something being like, this is the skater of the month or something. There's there's no like, what's the word? Um, I, I know what you mean. Like I kind of, well, I just, I, the last kind of existing example I can think of is like a daily bread, like a Bible that people go, Oh, they're right. in this. They must be the real deal. Right. Someone, someone who's like the tastemaker, someone that's deciding what is, is in or is not in. Um, and that doesn't exist anymore. And that's probably great. Like generally for, for the sport, because it, everyone has the freedom to do whatever they want. And that's great. And that's like, it's liberating. Cause no one, I don't want to go do switch ups on a handicap rail, you know? Um, but at the same time, it sort of feels like a big chaotic, like world without, Structureless. It's structureless in a way that, uh, despite all I've said about loving, uh, not having structure, is a little. Um, oh, really thought this would be one of those moments, right? Like brought it all together at the end and said something insightful and concise. This is not one of those moments. Um, Rollerblading feels structureless now because it just exists on Instagram and references to YouTube in a way that it just feels like we're throwing a ton on the pile and there's like no curation of it in a way that hmm, is guiding. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I like the the re the reference I always think of is like with Roblin there is but there's just so much and it's like where do you start and it reminds me of 
when you discover a band, say you hear a song on the radio and you go, ah, oh, that was shit hot. And you're like Shazam or whatever. And you discover who it was and you're like, oh, never heard of those. And then you look at their catalog and you're like, fuck, they've got 20 albums. Yeah. Where do I even start? You're telling me they smashed pumpkins? Are you kidding me? Who are these rock stars? Like, yeah, like, so, and I, I, I'm very guilty of this. If I discover an artist and I look at them and they've got more than like two or three albums that I have to like figure out which ones are the best examples of their music or like, and you can listen to an album and then listen to it and it's completely, it doesn't even sound like the same band. And you're like, oh, this is see if the back catalog's too big i do find it really off-putting and i'm like i don't i don't want to invest the time and like try to figure out i like it when the i like it when they've just got one album because it makes it really easy to determine whether or not you like them yeah it's a big problem for you whereas whereas if you've got like brian jonestown massacre or whatever for example and you discover them later they're so hugely prolific that you're like getting to the bottom of what is actually your sound or like what is like like what is like most like typically you is that it would take forever to figure out and i'm like this is i imagine some people would love it and go this is brilliant there's so much to like consume here and ingest and that's whereas i find it the total opposite i'm like no and i think that's could be some people's experience or rollerblading they just go there is what okay okay there's quite a lot of history now and there's so many skaters and oh People keep talking about goats. Who are all these goats? Why is the list of goats never ending? The list of goats seems to be going into the thousands. Surely there can't be that many goats. This doesn't make sense. Let all these goats in. Yeah. Like, you can't be the greatest all time and have, there'd be so many of them. That, that that contradicts the point of them being the greatest of all time. But yeah. But there are a lot of goats is the thing. And, but the thing is that they're all great at different things because you can do a lot of stuff on rollerblades it's true it's true yeah you can do really clever intricate tricks and i can fall so there's 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 a scope i do love falling i'm better at it than you i promise you that mine are mine just look so much more violent i pulled a muscle doing a royale two days ago so i don't want to hear it okay okay I went, whoa, and then I went, oh. Well, no one asked you to do the Mexican wave while doing a grind. That's on you. Don't try and combine activities. The Mexican wave? You don't know that? The Mexican, what is it? And is it in like, I don't even really watch any organized sports, but in Mexican waves, so they all go away, and it goes all around the stadium, and they do it, and like it goes around oh. in a... I've never heard it called Mexican wave. I've always just called it the wave, but maybe my proximity to Mexico has just, it's, it's, it's a silent. I think it was maybe like a world cup thing. I feel like it was like a world cup phenomenon that was maybe start. There's probably some racial connotation to it that I just don't even know. And I've said something offensive. If anyone knows why the Mexican wave is called the Mexican wave. Yeah. Let me know. You're out of here, bud. You're a hack. Cancelled. Um, (laughs) Between um, this and talking about female adult entertainers, I'm done. Also, you're now late for a skate session. Yeah, whatever. It's the it's, it's going to be dark soon anyway. I say it's getting so much darker. You you had like the sunlight coming in. Now there's the sunlight is not coming in. Uh, do me a favor. Don't release this. And the, no, that, that just one hundred. This is this is going to be the greatest hits. We can do a better one tomorrow. I'll take the day off. We'll do it tomorrow. We can't. We can't capture the same magic. The magic is here and now with us. 
think of a witty retort. You can't. So I'm not. I'm just imagining my life in shambles as soon as this comes out. Um, plus, we're wrapping this up anyway because yeah, I need to get out here and get away from these intense lights that are burning my face. Yeah, it doesn't look that bright, but right there. Oh. <laughs> well, good for you. I should have. I could have. I could have done. I was gonna do a lot of things. I had imagined like costume changes, a screen behind me with projections going. I was gonna do uh, the sound effects. I was gonna do a little laugh track every time you made a joke. I I, I, do I, I, the canned, the canned laughter. We did, I did feel. I do feel like we missed something with that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We'll do another podcast tomorrow. Way funnier. But you still wouldn't. You still wouldn't have access to the questions because I would just make up other random ones that you that will catch you off guard again, and then you'll well, be the last track of most of the heavy lifting. That's, that's true. That's true. All right, let's call it. I'll just accept that I made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, well, we'll wait for you getting hooked up with your skate sponsor, and then we can do it again. Um, that probably will not happen. But um, hey, you know what? Something, something profound. Something, you know, something. You know, someone's walking in my door and I was waiting to hear who it was. Um, by the sound of their footsteps, I have an eye for details. Okay, we'll call it a we'll call it a night. Thanks for this. Thank you to anyone who made it this far. I can't imagine anyone did, but if you did, thank you. Um, thanks for having me on your show. It was very fun talking to you, despite despite the fact that I um had said almost nothing in about three two two hour two and a half hours so i would beg to differ but okay all right let me know show me the highlights because i will not be watching this twice <laughs> well then you won't ever have to worry as far as you're concerned it doesn't exist no i know you're gonna post about it just this don't post just don't tell anyone that we did this you can put it on youtube just don't tell anyone about it okay i'll try my bit like your music career you can do it just don't let anyone know no one has any idea i put out three albums I'm going to dedicate my life to figuring this out. There's probably some way to do it. Well, there is. There definitely is. And I'll find a way. All right. I'll, I can also just send you some music. It doesn't matter. That would, that would, be, that would be better. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you some music if you don't post this. How about mm. that? Think about it. Well, then you don't care. That was what I would say if you said no. But you said maybe. So we'll see. All right. Have a good night. Right. Bye.